Three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday, January 18th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you, as always, from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Find out what the UofL College of Business can do for you by visiting business.louisville.edu today. We're on the air today from 3 to 6 on 1450 AM, 961 FM, streaming all over the damn land. You know what better is the big X. Trevor Kelsey with me, rocking Eagles gear again. Third day in a row, he's gearing up for the NFL divisional game against the Giants this weekend. He's focused. He's ready. He's ready to get after it. He's looking good. He's looking alive. He's looking somewhat coherent. He's ready to talk sports for three hours. TK, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Excellent. And yes, tomorrow, tomorrow is Jersey Day. We'll go Jersey oh, okay. the rest of the week. Okay. Yeah, I haven't decided which ones I'm going to pull out yet just yet for the... Uh, to get in the right mood. But, Pull them all out. But, yeah, Pull it out. I always okay. do. So, uh, yeah, today's uh, throwback Eagles. But it all is all Eagles week. Ready for a win tonight as well. And you're looking damper and dapper in your uh, damper or dapper. Is there an M in there? Well, it can be either. I'm, I'm kind of da- I'm more damper than dapper today, but that's okay. I'm just a little wet. <laughs> I, think <you're, laughs> I think you're both. But I like the, you got a little reds going on today. There, did something happen I missed? Uh I was scrambling. I was running Bob a little Bob late. Another extension. I was scrambling to find anything that was in the, the upstairs room where I was, and this was there, and I grabbed it and ran out the door. So are you proposing that you were just sitting around shirtless before you came in here? No, I was not shirtless, but I was not. I needed. I was had a T-shirt on. I need something a little bit warmer. Okay. Well, it's not that cold out. Come on. Well, no, but in here. It can't get chilly. Anymore. I a little jacket on, too. It's pretty cold outside. Yeah, you, just, you came in stacked. I'm over in a T-shirt and sweatpants. You always do. I mean, you know, you're, it's, it's why you're the, the rugged, manly man of the, the duo here. <laughs> The, the t-shirt and sweatpants I'm a man's man year-round uh if you want to text us during the show hit us up at 502-414-1450 that is the thornton's text line we love thornton's we love everything they do for us everything they do for you what they can do for you is hook you up with a free breakfast sandwich and a free drink just by becoming a new refreshing rewards member and if you're already a refreshing rewards member you know, don't feel like you're getting the, the short end of the stick here. You're still getting great deals at the at the pump every time you need to fuel up. You're still getting great deals inside whenever you need a delicious Thornton's donut, delicious Thornton's coffee, delicious Thornton's whatever. It's all delicious. That's why there's 65,714 of them in this location. They know what they're doing. Download that Refreshing Rewards app today and then text us at 502-414-1450. I have never cashed in my Thornton's reward points. You should probably get on that. And I've been um, – I've been – and I have been with, I've had Thornton's Rewards for probably, I don't know, 10 years. You know, after somebody pointed out, remember we had a texter a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, 
pointing out about the Chick-fil-A points. Which I, we, still, I still have on mine. And they expire. Like So I looked it up. Oh, wow, they do? Oh, crap. Yeah, oh, you just <laughs> dropped, your, dropped your drink over. He didn't spill, though. So, I got so nervous about that. <laughs> so the last time I looked it up, and I had like a, a billion, mine expired, I it was like January, it was like something this month. That's kind of yeah. BS, I, man. I'm not, I didn't know. So like the last order we had, I was like, six box of cookies? Yep, because you can't just redeem them on, on anything. There's a limited amount of things that you can redeem them on. I do not know that either. I'm at 14,512. That's a lot. You probably need to hop on that. Because <laughs> they're going to expire at some point. I'm just going to give me 14,000 worth of chicken nuggets. That's basically what I did. But like, they don't have, I was going to get like 30 chicken nuggets, but that's not offered. So I had to get like two 12 pieces for, you have to like click the redeem this for that before you do anything. And then you go into your folder. I so didn't yeah, like, know that. You could get like a single cookie or you could get like six. And my points were, I'm like, hell yeah, give me six of those cookies. Let's make it happen. Well, I don't think Dorton's is, is dirty like that. So I think they probably let you keep them. I'm, I mean, I, Dorton's I, would never do you dirty. No, no, they wouldn't. So I'm, I'm, I'll probably have maybe six figures in points. You need to make some plays, man. I need to go check. I don't even know how to check it, to be honest with you. Make some plays. I just put my number in the, on the keyboard and the phone on the, when I get my gas and save my cents. Yeah, same. So I do. I mean, but I've never been one. Like, have you ever been? Are you a coupon guy? No. I mean, like, like is Mary a coupon? Is she a coupon person? Well, people don't really do coupons anymore. It's more like online yes, right. codes yeah, and stuff. But that's she, true. yeah, she'll use she'll use like if there's a but big it's sale still a somewhere. Coupon in its own way. Exactly. Right? It's yeah. just different than like cutting them out of the paper. On like, my mom was a huge oh, coupon yeah. person. My, so was mine. She had the old pouch and the scissors and. I kind of have the belief like, if if I could have saved a dollar seventy five on this. A dollar seventy-five is what I would have paid to not go through the effort to use the coupon. That's I, how I choose to view it. You and me are very similar that way. Like, even if I, my mom would be like, and my aunt still sends me coupons. Like, I have like a stack of coupons, like to some Your haircut aunt sends place. you coupons. Oh yeah, she. This is my aunt's the type of person that will stop by. Like, I got coupon. I found coupons for the uh, sports clips here. I was like, maybe use them. <laughs> and I got like a stack. I'm like, I don't even go to sports clips. <laughs> You're 42. I know exactly. Your aunt's dropping off. Oh, she drops them off like once a week. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> God incredible. love her, but she's just, I mean, that's who she is. She just I love goes, it. She goes by and she'll, she won't like knock on the door. She won't even tell me she's there. She'll just send me a text, usually very long and full of very weird emojis. A little coupon drop off. And just be like, I dropped off. It's somewhere in the mix of like her rambling. I'll be like, I dropped off coupons in the uh, in the mailbox. That's incredible. And it's always like kicking the stuff I don't even like need. And I'm all, I don't, don't want to be like, stop it. I'm just like, thank you, Betty. My mom could have, <laughs> she could find a coupon for like a free, I don't know, lifetime supply of Louisville Cardinal gear. And she still, would, she still wouldn't be like, I'm not, no. She, she knows me too well. I know. And they still do it to me. I just, I could go somewhere and my mom would be like, oh, I had a coupon for that. And I'm like, that's eh, okay. I'll, I'll use, you can use it later. Like, I just, I've never been one to be like, here's my coupon. Give me my 20 cents off my Big Mac or whatever. Here's the thing about the coupon, especially in fast food. I never know when to announce that I have it. Well, most of them say, please tell you before you order. I always assume that. And if you have a coupon and you're in a drive-thru, you shouldn't be in a drive-thru. You need to go inside with a coupon. But when you when, when you say you, or if I'm ordering like delivery, or if I'm ordering takeout, I feel like when you announce at the very beginning, it's like you're bragging. I've got a coupon. And then you go, <laughs> on, like, okay, go on the order. And then if you announce it too late, it's like, well, you screwed my whole thing up. Now I've got to go back and detract the value. I've already plugged this in. So I never know when to say that I have the coupon, which is half the reason why I don't like using them. You seem so proud to have a coupon. I, exactly. Like, like, uh, right? Before it- I let you know, I've got a coupon. They're like, I don't, they always act like they don't care either. Like, okay, cool, man. Like, I'm like, well, did you want me to say at the end? I, I never know when to say that I've got the coupon. And we're doing it right. It's coupon or coupon? Coupon. 
Are we coupons? I'm a coupon. Like coupe, C-O-U-P is coupe. But some people call it coupon. They do, but some people call it like crown instead of crayon. <laughs> I mean, we, we do like to add R's to our words sometimes. It's just a twang thing. Wash. Uh, we've got, it, it is game day. Car's it taking on Pitt Woo! tonight, 7 o'clock. Uh, suck it, Jeff Greer. Suck it, Greer. That's, uh, I already put that as the, the show picture today. Uh, my old the old letter board, which lasted like two years in Rutherford House, and then uh, I think is I don't know where it is anymore. It's gone. Mary, it was, that was actually something in your house. The letter board was like a trendy thing. Like, like Mary was had this big thing where it was like all these. She follows all these. What, like ten years ago, maybe. No, like five years ago. Oh, was it okay? She follows all these like Instagram, you know, do it yourself like house stuff. Like people who have nothing else to do, so they just post pictures of their home. And Mary watches a lot of like TVG or whatever. TV. Not really. Not as much as you'd think. Right. My mom DVRs that like nonstop. She's just on the phone a lot. Okay. But <laughs> So she, the, the big trend like five years ago was like this letter board in the house. And okay. husbands would post funny messages and like dad. And she's like, you'd be great at this. And I was like, oh my God, if you do this, I'm going to make you pay for <laughs> like it. Like Twitter for the, wall, the kitchen wall. I mean. So I got it for, I got it for her for Christmas. And all of my messages were just about U of L basketball. And so I just make it something stupid depending on who the opponent. Like the very first one that I posted was more like Notre Dame when we played Notre Dame. And I was like, I'm going to make you regret this. And it would just, every day it was something like a shot at her. It was never like the cute, like, don't talk to me before I've had my coffee. Like, like I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not going to be generic. I'm going to make you pay for making me do this. And that's exactly what I did. And I kind of got into it. And then we, you know. Like all trends, like all fads, they went away. And then that, she left me, and then a few months later, she was she gone. Said, she's she gone. Said, came home, and only thing, only thing left the house was the letterboard that said "screw you." My witty letterboard <laughs> messages were were no more. I don't know what the, the letterboard's probably in the basement. That was our now. first marriage. Yeah, <laughs> we got back together. <laughs> we got back together. I won her over back with a heartfelt letterboard did, message. Did you go outside her house like John Cusack, but instead of a big uh, boombox, she held up a letterboard says, "I'm sorry." She came back. I said, "Just don't talk to me until I've had my coffee." She's like, "This is all I wanted." You're fu- you finally get it. This is all I've wanted I just you to wanted do. Wittiness. Just coffee jokes, 363 days out of the year, and then a couple of Christmas messages. The other two. Sunday fun day. Yeah, Sunday fun day. <laughs> that's all. I, that's all I wanted. But uh, cards take on Pitt tonight. Seven o'clock is the game time. Tip off at the KFC Yum Center. You can hear all the action on our sister station, 970 WGTK, your new home for Cardinal Athletics. You can watch all the action on the ACC Network. Tonight. All right. I can tell you got a little bit nervous. <sighs> I can tell you hadn't done your I'll research there. I'll be honest there. with you, though. Duh. Um, you didn't you need that with, duh? Yeah, you didn't need that message board to tell you that one. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, though. Some Part of me, though, it's kind of, I start to get into the valleys only because of the the, the, the commentator uh, Russian roulette game. we get. Yeah. We, tonight we've got West Durham and Dan Bonner, who I feel like have done 75% uh, yeah. of the games this year. West Durham, wasn't he the talk show guy? Yeah, he did uh, Durham and Packer. No, Packer and Durham. No, no. He's we, the son of legendary North Carolina play-by-play man Woody Durham. Is this what we get now when he canceled the, the, the talk show we had to do with him on play-by-play? He's always done this, though. Oh, okay. he, he's done a lot of our games since the AC Network became a thing. He apparently wasn't good enough for me to remember who, him doing a game. So. Yeah, I, I actually like Wes. I'll take, I'll take your I'm a Packer guy. Not all your anti-Packer. I'm a Durham guy. Is it the lion in you, lions in you that you makes you hate the Packer? No, it's the the, the just the Billy Packer. It's the Billy himself. Sorry. Like I liked Woody Durham, so I like West Durham. Okay. I did not like Billy Packer, so I'm not the biggest fan of. I don't even know his first name. Mark Mark Packer. <laughs> I thought Billy Packer was the, the co-host. No, Billy is the was is Mark's dad, and Woody is Wes's dad. I never watched the show. It wasn't great. <laughs> you didn't miss much. I spent most of my time watching the class that saved Coach K. Even though they don't show that as much anymore. 
because Coach K's dead. <laughs> they just show they do show like to basketball. They, they show like the, like the minor ACC legend ones, which some of those are actually pretty decent. I you watch. I think you watch more ACC. If if Louisville's not playing, I'm not watching the ACC Network. Sorry, Luke. I love you. <laughs> I know your shows are great. I'm not watching the channel. I mean, Luke hang out on a nightly basis. I wave to him like, "Hi, Luke." Pitt is a nine and a half back. point favorite in this game. Panthers, one of the more pleasant surprises in the ACC so far this season, yeah. started slow this year overall, but they're five and two in conference play, coming off a eleven point win over Georgia Tech. Louisville has won seventeen of the last nineteen against Pitt. They have won uh, twelve out of thirteen games against the Panthers historically at home. Trends that None of that matters. Trends that. No. Probably do not factor into tonight's game, but so I write these previews every single time, and it's it, it's it hurts my soul how many times I'm like all time serious history, like Louisville leads twenty eight to six, and then you're like last meeting Clemson won, and it's like tonight it's like, yep, probably gonna win again. That's just how yeah. that's how it goes now. We did split a pit last year though. We did. We won the first one. They won the second one. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I think this is the only time that we play them this year. I could be wrong about that. I guess Pitt, Pitt and Virginia are the teams that we typically play. Twice every year. No, we them get on February 7th. We do? Okay. Yeah. Well, this would be a great year to get them just once, but that's fine. Um, that's okay. <laughs> Beginning of the year, we thought we'd get in pit twice would have been a good thing, right? You would have thought. but And Georgia Tech. And it still may wind up being that. We, you have no idea. It's still early on. still early on in conference play. Teams are going to regress. Teams are going to improve. It's going to be fine. But this will be the, the last U of L men's basketball game that we have for a full week. Cards get a full week off. After this one, until they play Boston College next Wednesday, and then from that point forward, no more lengthy times off. We go Tuesday, when Tuesday, Saturday, um, Wednesday, Saturday, or one rare Monday, Saturday. Our only big Monday game of the year is against Duke at Cameron Indoor. Which do we really want to be on on prime time at this point? I mean, will we be zero and seventeen in the ACC at that point? Is the question? Can that be our only win of the season? That, that would be sweet. That would make Big that Monday worth yeah. it. We're already getting into the the hypotheticals that make us sad. That's that's where <laughs> we are today. We'll try to avoid that as much as possible. Uh, but again, Pitt Louisville tonight, seven o'clock tip off, KFC Yum Center. I did you watch any? Well, first of all, how was your? I was gonna. I was about to do the exact same thing. How was your were, Tuesday night? What, what what did you watch before I just start diving into questions? Well, it was it was actually pretty uh, pretty eventful night in the uh, in the Kelsey Manor. Nice little um, Tuesday. Nice little Tuesday. Uh, watched uh, watched a little Kansas Kansas State. Hell of a game. Enjoyed that game. I don't know how Kansas State can allow some of the bad calls that happen to them versus Kansas in their own home because they're used to it. Fog Allen. Fog Allen, Kansas. Whole but it wasn't even in Fog Allen. It was in Manhattan. They get every call possible. They're was, always going to. It was like, you're not even in Fog Allen. You're in Manhattan. But Little Apple, Fog Allen, doesn't matter. <laughs> so I, but I was glad to see Kansas State get the win. It was nice to see Kansas. Somebody else looked like Louisville in a half-court offense God, other than Louisville. Not Bill Self's finest hour. I know. I mean, some of the points, I was like, I'm used to, if I wanted to this, I can just wait till tomorrow night and watch this play pit. <laughs> but I uh, did that. Watched, uh, watched a few movies. Um Watched uh, Coach Carter. Okay. Uh, I watched, um, what was the other one? Oh, I watched um, uh, Fences. And then I watched uh, some 70 Shows reruns. Nice so, little Tuesday. Nice little Tuesday. You ever seen those two movies? Um, I have not. You I never, never saw Coach Carter. You never saw Coach Carter? No, I know. Girl State of Time made me go see it. Dude. It's okay. It's, you know, it's Bad News Bears meets Stand and Deliver to basketball. Okay. 
It's, it's it has its moments. A little overdrawn. And then uh, Pinces is awesome. You should watch that. It's Denzel Washington. I knew I've heard good yeah, things. That's that's one. I've actually seen it a few times, and I just was scrolling through, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this guy. I've been watching it a few months. So. Yeah, I watched most of Kansas K State. I really wanted to watch a lot of Texas Iowa State. I'd forgotten. I mean, we Iowa we, State rolled them. It they like. did. We we talked about the game at the end of the yesterday show. We forgot the big the, like the big storyline was Tyrese Hunter coming back to Iowa State, and oh, yeah. like, like Iowa State players had made this kind of inflammatory video during the summer where like they're interviewing each other and I can't remember which player it was but somebody asked like you know which game are you looking forward to most and before he can even finish the question he's like Texas and he's like you know why and they're like don't say it and like oh and they're like they're like all looking at it they point to the camera and so Tyrese Hunter retweeted and was like bring that same energy on whatever like you know the the whole thing they're going back and forth and they tried to at Hilton Coliseum which is one of the best atmospheres in all college basketball Iowa State fans are nuts it's awesome if you haven't watched a game there Highly recommend it if you can go to a game. Uh, I've heard it's just tremendous. But my my buddy, whose grandfather coached that forty forty one team, uh-huh. and father coached interim coach, he plays a walk on at Iowa State in the Middle really? East. Yeah. Uh, so they had told the student section last night, like you can't chant anything Tyrese. Which of course, right when the game starts, they start chanting Tyrese. They throw Monopoly money in the air when he gets announced uh, during the starting lineups. They're on him the entire game. They've got this these all these Judas signs about him. It was it was pretty intense. And yeah, like, and no one was escorted out because they didn't say please. No, because they weren't taking shots at the actual coach, the, the head coach, or anything <laughs> like that. But it was a it was a back and forth game for most of it. Iowa State pulled away late. I did love the uh, the Iowa State kid. Um, it wasn't who was it? Uh, the Holmes kid. I, I can't. Somebody hit a three, or maybe Gabe Kalsher, who played at Minnesota when they beat us in the NCAA tournament. Mm, I remember. Hit a three to make it a nine-point lead and goes over to the Texas bench and starts signaling timeout like you need a T.O., like right in, right in uh, Roddy Terry's face, which was just a bold move. But, yeah, they looked good. I, I picked Texas to win that game, and I, right when I got home, I'm like, what are I doing? Like, this is the game that Iowa State always wins. They get How up was for. the game you even predicted? We didn't, you didn't even mention Kansas, Kansas State or Kentucky and Georgia when, we, when you were naming games for last night. Well, you know, UK, Georgia, two unranked teams, who cares? I honestly didn't even watch much of the UK, Georgia. I, watched, I, turned up, I, I saw that they were losing by eight at half, yeah. and I watched the – I watched a little bit in the middle of the second half when it was close. I saw that they let Oscar Sheepway get away with the biggest walk of all time and instead called it an and one. I saw that on, on Facebook and Twitter. like People posting something about it, but I just hadn't gone back and looked I at it. I turned it on. At that point, Like Georgia was down, was up was up five. And if they call it correctly, they get the ball and they're up five. Instead, Sheepway makes a hook, gets fouled, misses the free throw. Kentucky gets the offensive rebound. Frederick hits the three. Um, so they, I, I take it back. They were up. Georgia was up four. Kentucky goes up one. So Georgia should have had the ball up four. Instead, they get the ball down one. And from that point forward, it was over. At, at, yes, at that point, yeah. not saying Georgia would have won if they gotten the call correctly, because Georgia's not that good. But I was surprised Georgia was leading when they did when they were early in the much. game. Yeah, Mike White, not exactly known as a master schemer, but he coached well last night. Uh, also, uh, Clemson loses to Wake Forest. They. Uh, fall from the ranks of the ACC unbeaten. There had been the only ACC team that hadn't lost. Wake Forest beats them 87-77. I knew they, they were itching to get beaten. We were, we were the one. We should have been the one to scratch it. I mean, I don't know if... I mean, we, they beat us by 13. They're... I, I don't think they're that good. I don't know if we're the ones stepping in. I don't Tennessee know if our first Duke win. Went, Duke went. I mean, North Carolina beats Boston College by like six last night. Yeah, it was eight, I think. Eight, six, eight, it was, whatever. Yeah. It wasn't 30. It wasn't 30. But look, my point is, I've been saying this before, I'll say it again. Not overly confident about tonight's game. We'll get there a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. But after this game. Not Friday, Trevor, that's for sure. After this game, 
BC, Uh-oh. Notre Dame, who Uh-oh. sucks, Georgia Tech, and Florida State. Four games Uh-oh. in a row. We're winning at least one of those. We're winning all four? No, we're winning at least one of we those. We won all four. We're winning all four? Rutherford says it now. Four-game winning streak coming after tonight. We're not winning all four of those. I like that. So Mike Bray apparently brought a bunch of donuts to his team. He's like, he's like I don't know what the hell to do with these guys. Like, They were supposed to be good this year. <laughs> He brings donuts in before their their game today. He's like, I'm, I'm trying anything. They get their asses kicked by Florida State. He's like, I guess it's the donuts. I guess it was Greenfield. But Notre Dame's not good. Notre Dame's a game that we can win. I would not have said that going into the season. I don't know if I could say that, but I mean. We can beat Notre Dame. We can beat Georgia Tech. We can beat BC. I'm not sure we can beat Florida State right now, playing the way that they're. We should be able to beat Pittsburgh, right? I mean, maybe. I don't feel overly confident about it. I'm not guaranteeing wins like you over North Carolina. That should have been a win. Okay. We'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the pit game more in depth as the show goes on. But, no, I'm, I'm not insanely confident about tonight's game. I did contemplate starting uh, the Wrexham show last night. You should. It's good. It was, But it was late. And by the time I, cause the time I finished my movies and the games, everything was almost one. And I didn't really want to get something new going. Cause I was, tooth was still a little aching, which kind of distracts me. And then. I was a little sleepy, so that's why I just watched some 70 shows. That's fine. About two hours of 70 shows. We had an important update. Uh, we do? Update. We'll get to a couple other notes to get to today. We'll, we'll talk about We have a date for the Louisville Notre Dame football game. Excited about that. Who are you going with? Well, no. Not that kind of day. <laughs> a date when the game's going to be played. <laughs> okay. Okay. We've got a new feud that I never knew how much I needed in basketball until it actually started happening. It's got a few local ties. I want to talk about that. I can learn to hate. But we have one of the topics on the show that really has heated up in, in recent weeks, and who saw this coming, but I guess you never know what's coming during a 2-16 and 16 season, has been Kenny Payne's, quote, Star Trek sideline attire. <laughs> I saw you wrote I saw the article. I didn't write this. Okay, I didn't read it, so that's why I didn't know you wrote I saw the headline, but I didn't have a chance to click on it yet. My guy Connor Shea over at Card Chronicle, who's okay. probably listening to this right now, Connor, we love you. He I do love you. went ahead and took it a step. He heard us debating, you know, when – we know that he hasn't worn it for every game. Which game was it that he was wearing something yeah. different? And he did he did the dirty work. He went in-depth. Looking down at the, whatever this is, jacket, pullover, quarter zip. We still don't know what to call it besides the Spock pullover, outfit. Pullover, right? It looks like, it's, I guess does it's it a quarter a, zip. Does it, have it has a, a zipper. Does it have a zipper? Okay. It's uh, a quarter zip, yeah. It doesn't go all down all the way. Uh, but he wears it a lot. And wore it from day one. Wore it for the Lenorine exhibition game that we lost by 10. Not a great start for the jacket. You'd think you'd burn that thing. I mean, Rick Pitino would burn a $5,000 suit if he wore it and we lost to Lenore Ryan by 10. Did he wear He'd it never wear press it again. conference when we introduced him, I wonder? I don't think so. I don't think he was around then. <laughs> he probably got it after he became the full-time head coach. But he kept wearing it again. Yeah. Wore it for the Chaminade exhibition. Wore it for the Bellarmine game. Wore it right state. Wore it absent. Kept wearing it until we went to Maui, basically. So the game-by-game breakdown, he's worn it for every game but three this year, and two of those were in Maui. He wore kind of the Hawaiian look for the Arkansas game. Played a good six minutes in that game. Solid first half. Close to her. Wore it for the Texas Tech. Wore did did not wear it for the Texas Tech game. Wore a red uh, polo. Maybe that's why. (laughs) By the way, Texas Tech 0-8 in the Big 12. Not not making that 70-38 win feel any better. Uh, then he wore he did, he went back to the Spock look for the Cincinnati game in Maui. The only game outside of the island where he hasn't worn it, we found this out yesterday, was the Miami game where the whole staff wore red. Now, everybody's saying wear something different, wear something different, wear something different. Miami was the first game after Maui, right? Uh, no, 
We played Maryland. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. Which went poorly. <laughs> As did Miami. Now, I got crap for that Maryland game. He's not worn it three times. And we've been worse in those three games than we have when he's been wearing the jacket overall. He's never won a game wearing other anything other than the jacket. It has to be pointed out. He's 2-12. and 12. <laughs> But the point differential... It must be out. He, is, he has only... He's never won a game without it. The point differential is only minus 8.2. Oh, wow. The point differential in the four games without the jacket, an absurd, outrageous, negative 27. Uh, so do you think maybe, like... Because he didn't wear it the first two games in Maui. Oh, UK is the other game that he didn't wear it. Oh, it was. He just wore a black pullover. Wasn't the smock look though. And we got to be about twenty three in that game. Yeah, we've we've gotten our ass kicked every time he hasn't worn it. Maybe this is, maybe he knows. He the the it, this would be ten times worse if he wasn't wearing the smock outfit. Think <laughs> <laughs> he's putting a band aid on a broken arm a little bit. But We'd I mean, be zero and eighteen with an average margin of defeat of thirty eight. Now I wonder if because he didn't wear it for the Maui. I wonder if there was like a lost luggage issue and he couldn't find it till the. No, he wore it against Cincinnati. But he couldn't find it till Cincinnati. Though. Oh, could be. Maybe they, they, they you know, you, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, have been still got his luggage a few days later. You know, it was the wrong bag. Maybe he's on something. Maybe. Maybe he knows. Maybe he knows more than we do after all. All these Twitter people, all these radio people, they don't know anything. This would be a lot worse if he I didn't have the I honestly want to ask on. him if he only has one of them, though. He's got to have more. I mean, I, I will. I, I think I may literally go to not tonight's game, but like to a game this year, just so I go to the press conference afterwards and be the guy to ask him, Coach. They're not letting you ask a question. Do you? Well, they can't stop me from asking a question. Sure, they can. No, they can't. I can ask a question. They have to call on you. Well, they're going to call on me. They're not going to call on you. They're not going to let you ask a question. I'm going to ask them a damn question. You can go there. I'm just letting you know they're not going to let you ask a question. Well, you don't think I've raised my hand to let me ask? No. They just ignore me and walk right past me. That's exactly what I think they're going to do. Is somewhat flattering as that is for a fat guy to have happen to. I'm not going to let it happen in this situation. It's going to. No, I'm asking my question. You're going to have to shout your question, gonna, and then you're going to lose. You're going to ruin the radio contract that we have with U of L. I, I got to do what I got to do, man. No, you don't. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to coach. I got to know. Is there multiple pullover quarter zips, or is it just one? And if so, are you are you making the wife do laundry every night? Because you got to sweat through that thing pretty nastily, right? He's got to have more. It has to be a cartoon character type thing where you like <laughs> Peter Griffin's whole closet is just that white shirt. Yeah, it's like he opens up and just says that pullover. That's him. That's what he's got going. Now on. the pants are always the same. I you're, you're asking too much of me now. Never asked the pants. Never looked at the pants. I I have not noticed Kenny Payne's pants. <laughs> I I in my mind I think they're just black. But I, I think could so be wrong. too. Yeah. I think it's been the same look just about every every day, every game. I, wonder, I mean, I wonder if it's the same pants, same pullover, same underwear, same socks, same shoes. Again, I I get I'm super, very very superstitious myself. I, I don't get continuing a routine like this when you're this bad. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. But I'm not the one being maybe paid two and a half million dollars here. Maybe he doesn't even realize he's wearing it all the time. It just. It's his favorite one. Maybe it's just the one he grabs as he walks out the door before the game. Do we have a like seven-year-old going to school situation where his wife just lays out the clothes and he's paying? Like I don't even know what I wore to school growing up. My, my mom just put it like laid it out. I put it on. Didn't ask questions. Never. Didn't think twice about it. At what point did you start picking out your own clothes? Well, then I started going to Catholic school in like fourth grade. Yeah, they picked out my clothes for me, and I had yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Yeah. That sucks. 
It did. Well, I mean, in high school, you could like you could get fancy with the ties and stuff. That was about it. Oh wow! Yeah, that's how you showed your flair. Wow. Ties wow. and pullovers. Oh wow! That was how you made it. Still stood out. <laughs> <laughs> I wore nothing but hoodies because we, we that was the one thing we had to tuck in. You couldn't wear hoodies. Could not wear hoodies. Big no no. Big no no. Trinity still is apparently. That's right here. Out of Wagner. They don't care as long as you don't beat anybody up or attack a teacher. Let's take a break. Uh, hit us up on Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Let us know what you're thinking about today. Uh, after the break, I want to talk about this new basketball feud. It's taken over the interwebs. I'm excited about it. It has one player with extremely local ties, one player that Trevor hates. Maybe, I don't know, you may hate both these guys. We'll find out. Uh, we'll talk about it next. Possible. Keep it locked right here. Mike Rutherford Show rolls on after this on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. She's my Back in Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. It's been a big day for Boy Meets World cast member news that I've seen. Because I just saw... Did the, how long did the Girl Meets World? That only lasted like one year, right? No, it went for like four seasons. Did it? Okay. Yeah, it was, it was relatively successful. It was more than I thought it was going to be. Right. But I saw Ben Savage, who was the former leading man of Boy Meets World. Yeah. He apparently ran for city council in California like... In 2022, and, and lost, he got like six percent of the vote. But now he's trying to run for Congress. He's going after Adam Schiff's seat. Is he trying to fall upwards. But he is. Uh, he has filed to run in California for Congress. It's probably not going to go well for him, but we'll see what happens. And then earlier today, I saw. I, I was shaken by a headline. When, whenever you see a picture of Mr. Feeney, you're like, oh no, like like, is he dead? But it wasn't. It was just his wife, who he's been married to since 1951. They've been married for 72 years. Um, Bonnie Bartlett Daniels, she's an actress herself. She actually played the dean of the college in Boy Meets World when they got a little bit older, and she dated uh, Mr. Feeney on the show. They I wouldn't were, say, married it's, in real life. say it shows a blind spot for me, but I, I only watched like the first season. Okay, I, but I, people, you, I know you it, know yeah. Mr. Feeney. Oh, of course, yeah. Feeney, I mean, he also was the voice of Knight Rider, if that does anything for you. I didn't. <laughs> there you go. It does, it does a little for me, yeah. But <laughs> she's she has come out with a memoir now. And apparently they had an open marriage early on in their 72-year-old, 72-year marriage. That's how you keep 70 years fresh. Well, but he, like, they stopped having an open marriage once they got to the portion where you would typically try to have an open marriage. Like, she had an affair briefly in the 50s. He had an affair in the early 70s that devastated her and all the stuff. And I'm like, Feeney? 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 What? I mean, Bummy's World News is everywhere. Well, no, it was, it was the early 70s. He was like 40. Yeah, so there's nothing wrong. Yeah, but he is now 95. She is 93. They are happily married. They've made it through. They're doing well. But that was, I was like, not not what I expected to see when I got opened my people email today that 
I for some reason you, you, still get you don't you don't you didn't you didn't you didn't expect to think about Feeney to keep Hardy in the seventies? I didn't no, didn't think it was gonna come Walking up. Walking around with the afro maybe a little bit out. He's got that night rider vibe, man. He's got that <laughs> that night rider. <laughs> that night rider swag. Him and David Hasloff, little devil's three way. He also is the dad in the graduate. Oh, is he? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. been so long since I've seen the graduate. I'm sure he's been about a bunch of other stuff too. There you go. Uh five two four one four fourteen fifty the Thornton Sax line. We'll take a couple quick texts here. You look at Feeney differently now? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Texas Mike's a little wet and Trevor's pulling it out. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. We started off started off hot today. Hey, you got that in there too. Yeah. Hot, Texas, and he- hot and heavy. Texas, hey, at least we don't have freaking Corey Alexander commentating tonight. <laughs> I remember what was last year he spent like three possessions trying to think of a rap name for L. Ellis. Corey Corey loves L. Ellis. He's he like does. he's like my man showing out every time. I'm like, no, this is just every game. He's gonna take 18 shots, Corey. This isn't the same thing happens when you're not calling our games. But he, I feel like Corey really likes Louisville, which is why I, I struggle to, to hate on him too much. I feel like he's almost rooting for us. Now, Courtney's not the one that, that reminds <laughs> you that he was the he was coaching at the last Derby Classic, right? No. Which one? Who's that that does our games sometimes? I don't know. He always brings up how he was he was at, he was at, he, he was the coach of the team one of the teams at the last Derby Classic we had, which is a shame that it was the last one. But yeah, not sure. Texas, at least U of L baseball starts in less than a month. It does. I think February fifteenth. Awesome. They are number sixteen in the D one baseball poll right now. Number one and soon to be though. They're bringing the number three recruiting class in America. Yep. They are number six and number seven in the other polls that have come out. God, there's so many drastically polls. different too. By the way. In baseball, there, there's so many top 25s in baseball. They're going to. It's going to be kind of a cool thing. We should do a top 25 in baseball. Big X baseball top 25. <laughs> Just how many people like catch on to it? Why not? I, it would probably get traction. Tweet it out from my account. We're Next fine. thing we know, we're we're watching like a, a game on ESPN. And like, here comes Texas, number six in this this poll, number seventeen in the Big X poll. I'd love it. That'd be great. Because every program just uses whatever the highest ranking is. So we could get some solid we traction. Just just make it. Put Louisville number one every week, and then we would be on all the press releases. Or if we wanted to like mix it up a little bit, we're like, hey, Houston, guess what? You're number one. Like, well, we're not we're not higher than twenty another any other poll, so we, we're going to use that. And we'll take swag to, to influence our vote. Now Louisville's playing in the Shriners Classic, which, if you're not familiar, is like the big early season baseball event go you like i'm not making this up youtube the shriners classic you'll see like the crowds are insane for these games it's played in houston they sell out because it's, it's a lot of local teams it's a lot of big names and they're going to play texas a&m who ended our season last year and on friday of the event they're going to play tcu who we've played in the college world series before and who's always very good on saturday and then on sunday they were supposed to play rice who's a perennial powerhouse instead they're going to play michigan who we have a lot of history with, most recently winning that that crazy game in the regional final this past year. So that'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a great way to start the season. I think they've got they play a few games before them, but that will be the unofficial really kickoff for that season. But yeah, we can look. Bring it early March. We may be getting into baseball a lot earlier than usual this year for reasons <laughs> that are fairly obvious. But I'm excited about that. Dan McDonald always makes it fun. Text says. Um, how many wins for you guys to to buy the Kenny Payne quarter zip? Like to purchase it from him? Well, it won't fit me. The thing is, they don't. They they. I've got one. I thought I had the same one. I think I said it on the air. I was like, I've got that quarter zip. You, you were you, you weren't sure if it was one hundred percent the same one. It's maybe. a little bit different. It's it's similar. It doesn't have the same like the wavy thing is on the kind of the underarm and it goes around the back. It's not on the front. It's very similar, but it's not the same. 
And I don't, th- I, I'm assuming like usually the stuff that the coaches wear, they don't sell publicly, but if we won the ACC tournament, I think we'd have to be like, I'll do whatever I have. I'll buy a button. We hang it in the studio. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll frame it. We'll shell up the, we'll shell up the money we have to we'll <laughs> we'll frame probably it. two years paychecks. <laughs> Texas Mike, any linebackers on the horizon to replace Monty? Not, not that I know of. I think that the transfer portal has closed right today. Transfer portal is closed. You can still, you know, offer guys. You can still go places, but you can't enter it anymore. So doors locked. I would expect. Yeah, they, they shut off the portal. I, I would expect Louisville to reach out to more linebackers and offensive linemen in the, in the weeks to come. But more than that, recently we've just been hearing about. 2024 kids and 2023 kids that I guess 2024 and 2025 kids that have been getting offers from Louisville and that are planning visits and all that stuff. So we'll see. Texas Mike, just for laughs, hypothetically, what do you think our record would be had we landed Tyrese Hunter and or Malachi Smith plus Imani Bates? I'm just looking for anything to cling to hope for for next season. I mean, all three or just one of the three? He says... I guess it's and or with the first two and then plus Amani Bates. I mean, the, the answer's better. Better players are going to equal more wins. I, I don't think that we're... I'd say we're we're at 10 wins minimum. I, oh, I'm not going to say that. I think Hunter alone would add, would add wins over the uh, the, the, the one-point loss. Uh, For sure. That'd be, we had four wins we'd have right there. Yeah. That could be six. six. Yeah. We haven't really been close in any other game. But I think we could get... I think we could have gotten... Better result in maybe an NC State game or something with with, with those with two of those guys. I mean, this is the great debate now. Is is it the players or is it KP? Is it a little bit of them? Like how much? Who's to blame more for this? I think we all agree it's a little bit of everybody. But like with those three players who are all very good players, would this team be NCAA tournament good? Could Kenny Payne have taken that group and molded them into an NCAA tournament team? And I tend to think no. I'm leaning no as well. But. We don't know, and and that's that's why this all remains a gigantic guess. We're all assuming we're going to get better players in for next season. We can talk about the the player Louisville offered yesterday. If that happens, that's when we find out. Like, how much to blame is Kenny Payne for this two and sixteen season, which could wind up being the worst season that any power conference program has ever had. But with those three guys, yeah, I mean, it's, it's we definitely would be better. I just don't know. I still don't think we'd be NCAA tournament good. I could be wrong. Texted, I wouldn't Google search past Boy Meets World actress Maitland Ward at the, while at the studio. Who's Maitland Ward? Oh, I, I have heard that. The, the redhead from when they went to college, she apparently did porn after. A lot of porn talk this week. The girl from Family Matters did porn. I did not know that. Yeah, the, the middle sister. Oh, did not know that. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're TV stars from television stars that are... We got, you, you know you know the story of the Christmas story guy. We don't need to go down this this, this rabbit hole. We just one of the women from Boys World did porn. We can leave it at that. The kid that did the movie The Toy was uh, did porn as well. The toy? Yeah. What's the toy? So uh, uh, Jackie Gleason, his son's spoiled, and he he wants a new toy, and uh, he so he, he he says he thinks he's got everything, but the kid wants Richard Pryor, so he buys Richard Pryor. Yes, there are racial undertones there, yeah. and uh, he makes Richard Pryor be his toy. And then the, the spoiled kid, by the way, is uh, his name is Master Bates. Thanks <laughs> for a pretty funny movie. Thinly Veil. Yeah, it's, it's actually a funny 80s movie. Texas, we also get a week off from Louisville basketball, just like they do. All week, Tom Foolery and shenanigans next week on the show. <laughs> God. 
The thing is, it's it's going to end up. We'll we'll be trying to do that. Somebody's going to be asked like, rank the what are your best baseball movies of all time, and somehow it will divulge itself into a, a Kenny Payne conversation. <laughs> if Kenny Payne were coaching the would Durham you, Bulls, he would, would you, like. <laughs> you rather would you rather watch the worst baseball movie, most hated? Or have Kenny Payne stay as coach? That's exactly what's going to happen. Like, who, who we can't, we won't be able to get away from it at all. Lou Brown versus Kenny Payne. Maybe Kenny Payne should be a baseball manager. Where's the same uniform? Like, it, it, it's, it's still going to happen. It's it's still going to happen. By the way, people are are saying you're you were right. It is Corey Alexander who always brings up the Derby Classic. Oh, okay. So keep an ear out for that tonight. I guess he, he will bring. I couldn't remember which one it was, but he, somebody I knew one of them always reminds you that he was the coach of the last time we had it here. Texas, they need to drop a gray and black pain uniform jacket on every seat in the Yum Center for the next promotional event. <laughs> Star Trek out? Paint out? Paint out? Who should we paint out? KP out? Do it next year for the UK game. Oh, yeah. Texas says the toy was such a good movie. Yeah. Your boy Stace there said the toy is one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's a very underrated Richard Pryor doesn't get enough credit for his comedic, comedic movies. Richard Pryor's great. I watched a really cool documentary on Showtime about Richard Pryor the other night. It was, it was really good. I know he's married nine, nine times. I didn't know that either. Three of them he married twice. Jeez. Texas, if the transfer portal didn't exist, how screwed would we be? Hell, I think we are screwed, and it does exist. The transfer portal is the only thing we have hope for, like, right, for next year. I mean, Oh, yeah, that's, that's the only thing, yeah. Because you and I have both said, and, and I think most people who listen to the show and who interact with us have have also said the same thing we're not budging on our our standard for year two of a new head coach we, we said you know year one you get a little bit of a pass we didn't expect it to be this bad <laughs> but still this is like giving the hall pass to somebody in the movie summer school and the, the jock leaves on the first day and shows up for the test on the last day with the hall pass still God. he's been gone the whole year <laughs> i thought you meant like hall pass is like a marriage like free no no i mean the and they just use it on like every member of your family no, like, that's how this feels like, thought, well, I didn't think I you were going to use it this I much. I was the one that went the dirty path down the, the dark path, man. Well, I'm trying to find ways to accurately describe being 2-16 and 16 at Louisville, and that's kind of fits. If we – because you and I have said, and most people have agreed, it's still the standard. You need to make the NCAA tournament in year two, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. I still think that – I think most people still – There's no even on the cut. Now, there are you some people who are like 10 wins next year or just better than this year next year, and then – ramp up to being around 500 in year three and then make the NCAA tournament in year four. And I'm like, my God, we're waiting four years to be no, tournament good under no, a new no. head coach. We're, but the reason why we still have some hope that that's possible, despite this being as bad as it's been, is the transfer portal. And if we didn't have it, then, yeah, it would be we would be very, very, very woe is me, more so than we already I are. I think the old saying would be we'd be a, a, a creek without a, yeah. uh, without a paddle. Yeah, we'd. Now let me ask you this though. Now say we don't make term. Maybe we're on the cusp of the tournament next year. We're the first, one of the first three out. Do you move? Do you make the move with pain, or do you force a change in the assistant coaches in a way Vince did? I think it depends on how he's recruiting. Is that fair? Well, if he's got, you wouldn't know right away. Then you're going to wait. You might as well keep him for a third year at that point. Well, I'm talking if we're talking next year's team, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. Because then he would have, the 2024 class would be done. And you'd have some transfer portals depending on, you know. You'd know exactly, like, if he's getting these five-star kids that we thought he was going to get from day one or thought he was going to get in year one or we thought he was going to get in year two, then I think that changes things. If recruiting is going poorly, 
and you know you're you're way better, but you're still not NCAA tournament good. Then I'm like, yeah, it's just it's not good enough here. Texture says, uh, Trevor, I don't remember asking you. I asked Mike, Giants gonna eat some eagle butt this weekend. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> is that pro Giants or is that anti Giants? <laughs> I mean, it can go either way. I think I can't figure it out. And what what did I answer that he that was asked that you didn't? That you, I guess you were supposed to answer, and I did. I think you responded to somebody on the text line. Oh, you responded okay. to this person on the text line yesterday. Oh well, be feel privileged, dude. <laughs> Texas, I blame Kenny Payne more than the players. Mike, you mentioned some national people that you trust before the season started. Told you it would be an X's nose disaster. That was bef- that was before we hired him. Um, if we're being direct. Um, but yeah, I was it was I was told it probably wouldn't go well, and I passed that along, and people got very mad at me, and they did. Here we are. Texas Jerome Tang being a complete badass makes KP look even worse. Jerome Tang probably be coach of the year. Jerome Tang. He's at Kansas State. Oh, is that Kansas State's coach's He's name? He's the lifelong Baylor that, assistant. That, that dude not getting thrown out after they they stopped the gameplay on the fast break. With the Kansas injury was a miracle of just patience in my mind. He is. Did you, were you watching when that yes. happened? And he, then the guy next play looked like he was hopping around, like he was was wrong. And I mean, he's a, he's a badass. Yeah. He, he outcoached Bill Self down the stretch last night. He did. And then they win. He gets on the table, grabs the mic, and starts talking to the fans after the game. I want that guy. He's killing it. Like he was sort of the same situation as Kenny Payne, lifelong assistant, came up was. Everybody's like, he's the person who made Scott Drew successful at Baylor. He's the one who made them defensive-minded. He's the one who told Drew, you know, it's great that you're getting five-star NBA talent, but we need to get lifelong college players. We need to get guys that are getting better for two, three, four years. we got to get some transfers. More Quincy Millers. And people still weren't sure how it was going to work when he became a head coach for the first time because it's always a guess. And he has taken a Kansas State team that was, I mean, atrocious last year and made them one of the best teams in the best basketball conference in America. He's done a phenomenal job. He's Coach Carter. He's killing it. He's he's unreal. Um, Texture says, Mike, I'm with you that Payne, I think Payne gets one more year, but realistically, even with the portal, the current roster, and the average recruits coming in, what percentage would you give that Payne makes it to year three? I give it 1%. I, I don't know. I, 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 I see what you're saying. I don't feel great about it either right now, but – there's still way too many unknowns to 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 put numbers on. If I had said if if I said like I twenty percent, it would just be guessing because who's to say, you know, recruiting doesn't pick up. Who's to say that you know Kenny Payne has told us time and time again that it's the NCA stuff that that limited him in recruiting so far. Now that's out the window. Maybe he does start getting all these twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five kids that we thought he's going to get a little bit earlier on. And if that happens, it does change things. But I mean. It, Stating the obvious, if things continue the way that they are right now, I mean, it's yeah, it's one percent. But what he put it at one, but yeah. okay. Texas says, um, "Great, I'm already depressed about next year's basketball season." Well, come on, we're <laughs> well. Apparently, they don't believe in the, the portal. Texas, says, I just encountered a pizza manager that could only be described as transgender. Trevor, it was uncanny and deeply disturbing. Ooh, that is disturbing. I don't make a very good-looking woman. Should you ask her out? No. <laughs> you do love yourself. Yeah, but that's not on purpose. <laughs> that's my lack of options. <laughs> let's talk let's talk about we have a couple questions about quote the JUCO kid. So we can talk about this. The the most recent I mean 2023 we've talked about this a million times. 
recruiting is essentially done for the top 100 players in America. The only unless somebody like backs out or something. unless we get another Will Wade situation where a coach gets fired and players become eligible. Coach leaves for Texas. You've got I think three uncommitted players in the top 100 according to the 24/7 Sports rankings. The only top 50 kid who's still uncommitted is Bronny James, and that's because you know he he can pretty much pick his school because of who his dad with is. Him. He's coming to Louisville. He's, he's, he's going to Louisville. Um, so with Louisville only having Caleb Glenn and Curtis Williams sign in that class, two players who, again, I think can be good college players, but they're not the type of guys who are going to come in here and change your program in year one. They're not going to be lottery talent type guys, uh, at least off the bat. Kenny Payne's got some work to do. We, we know the transfer portal is the main route to make it happen, but he's still trying to add players to this 2023 class. And he recently went out to California and offered a scholarship to Coron Davis or Corin Davis. I still people keep pronouncing his name all sorts of different ways. It's K O R O N, uh, a six foot seven shooting guard who plays at Los Angeles Southwest Junior College. He's averaging twenty five point five points per game. Um, the, the numbers are, are are fine. He shoots it okay from three. He shot like twenty nine percent from three last year. He shoots like thirty six percent from three this year. His assist to turnover ratio was awful last year, which would make him fit right in here. It's better this year. Um, he's, I'll be perfectly honest. Like I, I, I'm not saying that this is a, I'm not saying this to panic anybody. I'm not saying this to try and pile on. I can't find out anything about this kid. Like I went to JucoRecruiting.com, which is where I go for junior college kids. They rank the top 100 players, junior college players in every class so that you could have three potential classes, 23, 24, 25. He's not in the top 100, and they also have, like, an others we're considering, which is, like, 50 more kids. He's not there. I haven't seen anybody else who's who's offered him. He doesn't have, like, a page on any of the, the rival sites, 24-7. You can find some some scattered highlights on his Twitter. Repeat the name one more time. Corin Davis or Coron Davis, K-O-R-O-N Davis. And clearly, UofL feels like they've got a hint on this kid. They, they feel good about him. Kenny Payne went out to see him, apparently. Offered him a scholarship. He's never visited UofL. He's, I guess, going to take a visit, he says, in the near future. He was listed at 6'5 last year and 6'7 this year, which maybe he's a kid who's a late bloomer growing into his frame. Every story that you can find about this kid pretty much is about him being offered by Louisville. So it's... I understand the initial reaction to be like, well, this isn't great. We were supposed to be getting... DJ Wagner, AJ Johnson, Aaron Bradshaw, five-star lottery pick talent, and we're being reduced to going into the JUCO pool and not like a LLS type top-ranked JUCO player in America. I understand it. This is a look. This is another trust KP situation. If you've been on the trust KP bandwagon, you've got to trust him here. He sees a kid. He thinks he's a good fit for what they're trying to do. Maybe he likes his character. Maybe he likes what he brings to the table. I guess just go into this with an open mind. It, it does. It's not the type of recruiting story that you thought you'd be covering here almost a full year now into the, the Kenny Payne era at Louisville, but it's where we are. So yeah, I, I can find it. Some guy that, pl- that played is from Philadelphia that played. He's from Indiana originally. Yeah. This, this is the guy that played for Coppin state back in 18. Trust me. It's the same guy. No. He's pulling off like the Texas high school basketball scam. No, it's it's not. <laughs> it's a guard. He's he's well. This is a, he's six seven small forward. Oh no, okay. He's listed. He, he can play guard, but he's yeah. He's he was a small forward last year. Listed. He's came came out of Indiana. I'm telling you, he is. 
a hard guy to find information about. I'm just being well, perfectly honest. How does the staff find him then? I I don't know, Trev. I I, I don't. They, is, this, is this like is this like is this like blue chips where like Pete, the guys leading Pete Bell through like the uh, the swamps and stuff to find uh, Shaq playing in the uh, backwoods of Louisiana? I hope so because Shaq was great in that movie. <laughs> It'd be awesome. I hope so. I hope that that's. Uh, so they had to take like a rowboat across like a river and everything to go get this kid. I'm trying to be as nice as I can. I I just I don't know. Maybe he maybe he's great. We don't know anything about it. It's just odd to me to see Louisville at any point, especially when you've got a recruiting guru coach offering a junior college kid who has no there's there's no internet footprint with this kid. He's not in any rankings. He's not he's got no recruiting profiles. It is it's at the very least it's strained and it's just You've just got to trust the head coach at this point. I, I feel like like Payne walking into some like back gym, like hidden somewhere, to see this kid, and he's he's just drilling threes, he's dunking the ball, and Payne looks over at his buddy, goes, "This guy's a baller. How's hell nobody else ever picked up on him?" And the guy looks like goes, "Davis, dribble up the court for me." And he's like dribbling like off his foot and off his knee, and he can't do it. He, he's like Serrano with a curveball. Look, <laughs> if he does wind up being an absolute baller. It's a huge feather in Kenny Payne's cap. Like then clearly he can identify talent and we should trust him and we'll we'll be good moving forward. If he's not, if he's just a whatever player, then it's it is what well, it if is. they could identify talent, Ree would have played at least more than two minutes in the last six Well, months. but you could say that was like a panic thing. He just he, he looked at the rankings, kid was available, went and got him. Um Okay, I'll take that. Who knows? I I don't who knows? Because I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, four o'clock hour, we'll get into. I promised we were going to talk about this uh, this new basketball beef that has taken the internet by storm. Also, somebody asked an interesting question to me last night. I would. I might get in your phone. Okay, we, we'll do that. All, it's all coming your way. Four o'clock hour. It's up next. Keep it locked right here, Mike Rutherford Show. Continues after this. I wasn't like fully into like overboard with the Weezer love like some people were. Would you say Weezer's a good band? Yeah. Because this this question was brought up to me actually on Facebook by uh, a lost long uh, Almond brother and a buddy of mine, Josh. You're friends with an Almond brother? <laughs> he's, a, he's a complimentary Almond brother. Okay. Um, how many songs does a band or artist have to have for you to constitute to say they are good? 
or that you like by them to say they're good? Oh, I don't know. I mean, 10. Really? Yeah. I said three. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I, I, I think it's you think personal You, you have to hear 10 songs. You have to like 10 songs by somebody to say, say they're good. For me, per- like if I'm like, yeah, they're, they're a good band. That's a lot of songs. People put out a lot of songs. <laughs> so you wouldn't say, I can, you, there's no way you like 10 Weezer songs. I do. I would say I like it. Really? I couldn't name them, but yeah. <laughs> Are you sure they're all by Weezer? I mean, I couldn't. At the top of my head, I can't name 10 songs from a lot of people, but <laughs> I probably, I'm sure I like them. That's a high number. I didn't expect you to be that high. Yeah. Nah, I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get back into the, the campaign discussion, talk about this basketball rivalry, have you heard the story? The guy in Massachusetts, Brian Walsh, 47, charged with murder, misleading police, and improper transport of or handling of human remains in the presumed death of his wife, Anna. They have not found her body, but she's been missing for since— Well, doesn't he have her body parts, though? What? Didn't well, he... hold on. I mean, we're going to get there. All your questions will be answered, little, little Jedi. He, the, she went missing in December. I, I guess early January. Take it back. Okay. And they have not found her, but she is presumed dead. And there's a reason why she's presumed dead. So they, they go to the house. They seize all electronic devices. I don't know what else he'd done to, to make them believe. It's, you know, it's, the spouse is always going to be the first suspect always. in all these cases. And so they go to, they crack his son's iPad, Brian. And they find 20 different searches from January 1st through 3rd. Keep in mind, presumed innocent until found guilty, right? Yeah. Oh, somebody could have hacked his lab, his iPad. 4.55 a.m. on January 1st. Google search for how long before a body starts to smell. <laughs> at 4.58 a.m. That, that could be just a coincidence. At 4.58 a.m. How to stop a body from decomposing. Back there right now, it wasn't three hours. At 5.20 a.m., how to embalm a body. <laughs> Curious mind. At 5.47 a.m., 10 ways to dispose of a dead body if you really need to. Should we look into the person who wrote that Why would you Google 10 ways? Do you th- <laughs> does he think he's going to find a Buzzfe- BuzzFeed article, a <laughs> listicle, that's going to get him out of the situation? What, what, what does Ranker put it in? <laughs> 625, January 1st. How long for someone to be missing to inherit? 634 a.m. Can you throw away body parts? <laughs> Did they ever go to bed? Well, maybe a little nap here. 929 a.m. Oh, okay. What does formaldehyde do? 934 a.m. How long does DNA last? <laughs> for almost forever, pretty much. 9.59 a.m., can, identifi- I, I, can identification be made on partial remains? How are you 47 and you don't know this? Yeah, could he just watch like some SVU episodes you or think. something? 11.34, another short nap. Dismemberment and the best ways to dispose of a body. <laughs> 11.44, how to clean blood from a wooden floor. Oh, you ain't getting that out. 11.56, luminal to detect blood. Yeah, it'll do it. 108, January 1st. What happens when you put body parts in ammonia? It burnt, didn't it melt them? It's supposed to. Yeah. 121, is it better to throw crime scene clothes away or wash them? I'll burn them. <laughs> January 2nd now, 1245. Hacksaw, best tool to dismember. I would go chainsaw, but okay. 110, can you be charged with murder without a body? Yeah. 114, can you identify a body with broken teeth? Yeah. Next day, January 3rd, 102. You just called me. I mean, I would have helped. What happens to hair on a dead body? 
be gross. 113 on January 3rd. What is the rate of decomposition of a body found in a plastic bag compared to on a surface in the woods? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Was this the actual Google search? <laughs> and then on January 3rd at 120, can baking soda make a body smell good? Yeah, but it tastes terrible. Uh, <laughs> I think he's innocent. Get here both sides. I, I, yeah, I, that, that, that does not tell me anything other than he's very extensive in his Google searches. I mean, he also on December 27th, Google searched, uh, what's the best state to divorce for a man? <laughs> to divorce a man or divorce if you're a man? This is the dumbest mother alive. <laughs> this is the dumbest MF alive. Well, now they haven't, they have, he's, her, she was, her body's still not been found, right? No. Apparently Google does work then. Uh, so, I mean, he can't, I mean, they can charge him. Yes. But he has been arrested. It's not going to, I mean, it's going to be hard to prosecute him with no evidence. I mean, this is, I think they have a good case. I think they'll be okay. I mean, Google searches. I mean, you don't have to have a body. As, no, to, you don't. The I answer know. to one of his Google searches. No, I know that. I, I'm, I'm aware of that, but I'm just saying. They have three kids under the age of six, too. It's, a, it's actually a really sad story, but my God, what an idiot. I mean, can you just say when the kids was doing the Google searches? You was just curious. What if the six-year-old killed her? <laughs> no, well, I didn't say kill her. Just, you can do Google searches without actually committing a murder. Yeah, it just would happen to eerily coincide with his wife's disappearance. Maybe, maybe his wife was having an affair, and the the, the 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 Mister noticed him doing Google searches, and he was like, "I can get away with this now." They'll blame the husband. <sighs> now, that'd be a twist, right? What an idiot! <laughs> Me or him? Well, <laughs> both of you. But him, I mean, the ten ways one is just the ten ways to. I like the. I don't know. I like the ones at the very end where he's just like so detailed. He's like, "Do I take it in the woods or do I put it in a bag? Is it better?" I mean, he was thorough. He tried to be. <laughs> I get researching. Well, he's done a, apparently, he's done an excellent job. They haven't found her yet. Right? I get researching. The thing is, I guarantee he screwed it up. Like he's going to come clean. He's going to tell her where, tell them where she is or what what happened. And there's going to be just believe it. There's no way somebody who's this dumb. Could have done a great job. I don't care. Google is great. Some of the BuzzFeed listicles are fantastic. YouTube tutorials can walk you through stuff. They're great for home improvement. There's no way he pulled this off well, I have, flawlessly. It's also going to be something. They, they, like, they're doing all this extensive looking, and they're, he's probably going to admit it's just in the trunk. <laughs> it's, it's in a garbage bag. It's, garbage yeah, bag. She's, yeah. Yeah. it's somewhere like obvious. There is a surveillance. And they're going to be like, we didn't think about that. He's like, baking soda worked. There is a surveillance video of January 3rd of him throwing what appeared to be a heavy trash bag into a dumpster at an apartment complex uh, in a city that was close to his. I, well, that's where it. That's what. That's what it was. I mean, I just again, I see nothing but circumstances, circumstantial evidence. He's innocent. I mean, I've seen no. I mean, no. Yeah, he's he, he's he's done. You could get it. You could get him off these charges as a lawyer, couldn't you? Your boy says Sarah said they found a bag with blood-soaked items, including her purse, with her ID. It's <laughs> my Robert. <laughs> he also said you don't make a good-looking man either, Trevor. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's. Yeah. I tell you what. Before we get back to the text line, let's talk about this new basketball rivalries. Uh, this this new beef because we around here were very interested in the recruitment of John Wall. Yeah, you know, 2009 happens. John Calipari, after the failed Gilly, Billy Gillespie tenure, gets the job here. Louisville's kind of rolling at that point. We're coming off of an upset loss in the Elite Eight, but still we were the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. We had made the Elite Eight in back-to-back years. Rick Pitino was recruiting well. We were, we were the kings of the state. We'd beaten Kentucky two times in a row. We'd ran Gillespie out of town. They hired John Calipari, 
And the question became, how quickly can he get these this top-tier talent to Lexington and become a national title contender? And we found out pretty quickly it was you know in, in the snap of a finger. And the big name during that whole thing was John Wall. The only other school that was reportedly in the mix for John Wall was North Carolina. It was a hometown school. He grew up a, a UNC fan. And he went on... Didn't he, didn't, he, didn't he already committed in some way to NC State or something, though? Or? No, he, he talks about it in this clip that okay, we're about to play. Yeah. But he, there's some discrepancies between what he says here and what he has said in the past. And we'll get to it. But this is him. Whose podcast is it? You have the, the clip here. It says Prep Hoops. It was Theo Pinson's podcast. Oh, okay. Everybody has a podcast yeah. now, including Theo Pinson. But Theo Pinson had John Wall on. And here's him telling the story about why he didn't go to North Carolina, which he defined as his dream school. It's It's edited. You can't make out the, the cuss words are edited, but they do. You can tell what he's saying a little bit. So maybe cover the ears of the kids if you got some in the car. Here we go. I wanted to go to Carolina. That's my dream school. Tell you the story about that. A lot of people don't know that. Something happened. They told me this story. I they forgot fucked that. it up. I know. They was the only one that could have got me not to go play for Coach Cal. Because my mom had, cause my mom had got sick, had an aneurysm in her head, so she had to shave, have her head ball. So I'm like, now I can't leave home. Like, I got to stay close. That's my best friend. And there was like NC State then because – Carolina already fucked up, so I was gonna go to NC State if I was gonna do it. But I'm like, man, I can't go to school from here to the to the refrigerator. I ain't gonna never be on campus. I'm gonna be at home with the, with my guys. So I go on a visit. Ty Lawson them there. Tyler Hansberry got his own section. Him and like homeboys. I'm a little recruit. I walk up and say, what up? He said, I don't talk to recruits. I was like, fuck you, I ain't never I ain't come here. That was that fucked it up right there. You might need to smack Tyler Ambrose. No, that's just I really went up to shake his hand. You know, he, he national player of the year, just won a championship to the, I'm like, damn, I want to talk to Tyler Hansbrough. He like, you from North Carolina, you watching Tyler Hansbrough. He's like, this motherfucker a star. Like, to us, oh, like, star. Yeah, he was, I, I was seeing motherfucker Ed Coda, you know what I mean? All them come through there, Raymond Fell, and I'm like, I get to meet Ty Lawson and Tyler Hansbrough. I'm like, this is a dream come true for me. Dream school I love growing up. He did that. And I was like, I got something for him. There it is. John Wall says Tyler Hansborough is the reason why he didn't wind up going to North Carolina. Now, Hansborough hears this snippet from the podcast pretty quickly, and he quickly goes where everybody goes to defend themselves now, which is Twitter. And he tweets out last night. He, was <laughs> he tweets out last night the story John Wall told on Theo Pinson's podcast did not happen. All caps. Ooh. <clears throat> 100% false. And then he adds. I'm sure the Bank of Calipari had nothing to do with him going to Kentucky. Ooh. <laughs> when they went, they went, Wall, Wall, Wall was a freshman in 10, right? But Wall, see, that, that's the thing. Hansbrough Wall was, was a freshman. Hansbrough's last year was 09. Yeah. So he's clearly talking about, I guess he's taking a recruiting visit when he's maybe a junior in high school. Yeah. It's before the year that he ends up committing. And he that's when he says he rules out North Carolina. And I don't get it because he wouldn't have played with Tyler Hansbrough. You're right. Like Hansbrough's last year, they won the national title in 09. He's... You're coming in in 09-10. That doesn't make sense to me. The other thing that stands out is he told this story back in 2009. It's a, it's a story by Will Graves from the Associated Press. And it says, John Wall remembers the conversation vividly as tends to happen when the coach of the college team that you dream you grew up dreaming of playing for is on the other end of the line. Wall said that North Carolina coach Roy Williams told him the Tar Heels were still interested in the high school star and that he called them again once the NCAA tournament was over. Quote from Wall, he said he would call me when it was over, and he never called me. He never offered me. That's the decision he made. So Wall, back in 2009, says Carolina never offered him a scholarship. What are the odds that he wasn't even Hansborough was like Tyler Zeller? (laughs) (laughs) 
And Lawless just like thought it was just saw some, UNC baseball player. He, he just saw some random like tall white dude hanging out near the basketball arena. It was like that must be Tyler Hansborough. <laughs> so I don't know who to believe. So he's he's contradicted his story before. At one point in time, he said he went to UK because North Carolina didn't offer him. Uh, they didn't call him. Um, he he now is saying it's because Tyler Hansborough was mean to him on a recruiting visit, even though he wasn't going to play with Hansborough. Hansborough's coming out and openly saying Calipari was paying dudes back in the day. I love it. It also brings me back to a a better time for basketball in this area when we were all more excited about our teams. You can't yell somebody for paying a kid now. You can't. It's a different time. It's a different time. There's no kind of yelling about them paying kids when you you, you all weren't even going to class. It is great because like this seems to you and me, this seems like it wasn't all that long ago. But now you've got. I mean, it's twelve years. Well, more than that, it's fifteen years. This, yeah, this is two thousand nine. So it's 14 yeah. years. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember I remember vividly going, I interviewed at the law, this is before I even like got into law school or started applying, but I interviewed at the law firm where I ended up working. And one of the partners, we were, he's like, hey, we did the, <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was in good shape, but they're like, let's go have a drink afterwards. Like, okay, let's do it. Um, and he's like talking to me about John Wall. He's a big UK fan. He's like, I'm just waiting on my guy, John Wall. And like, I remember that point and it, it was so far removed from everything in my life. Like nowadays, it's been such a long time. And Yet, because it was the Calipari era and because it was sort of the getting into the height of the Patino era, it doesn't feel like it was all that long ago. But, I mean, Tyler Hansborough has been out of the NBA for a long time oh, yeah. at this point. John Wall is is clearly not the player that he was. I mean, is there anybody on either of those teams? Well, I guess Bless was still in the NBA, right? Yeah. But the only one, I think. Because Cousins isn't. Is, I don't, the guy, he may be bouncing around a 10-day contract somewhere, but now I wouldn't really. Is Bless so good right now? He got that buttload of money from the Clippers. He's not in the NBA, by the way. He's oh, yeah. a, he plays for the Shanghai Sharks of the Chinese basketball Yes, yeah, so I don't think there's anybody from either that North Carolina or that Kentucky team that's even in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, they're all you know, 32, 33 at this point. Yeah. And Hansborough's like 34, 35. So it's a – but I do I, I didn't realize how much I needed Wall's it. still, right? I mean, he's – Who? The, the Wall's still on the roster, right? Wall's, Wall is playing for the Clippers, I think. Okay. Or he's on the roster, at least. I mean, he's been irrelevant for three, four, five years. And that's not necessarily his fault. No, when he was he had injuries. When he was healthy, he was fantastic, but – yeah, he's he's had injuries that have derailed the career, which happens when you get older. But it was a nice little dose of nostalgia, like John Wall versus Tyler Hansbrough, feuding out in the open for everybody to see. John Wall, I mean, John Calipari accusations, uh, you know, North Carolina accusations just flying everywhere. Or NC State's like, we're just like the sloppy seconds of just like. Wall's like, I would never go there because I'd be too close to home. They're like, <laughs> we, we, we'll move the campus. We we, we paid you, dude, remember? <laughs> we'll, we'll move the campus. NC State playing, paying people just never works out well. No. Just never goes great. Poor NC State. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. They either go there and the team sucks or they just take their money and go still go somewhere else. Yeah, pretty or much. Or if you're Dennis Smith, you do both. Um. But what I was it to John? Did he, he did. Did he miss the game? Because wasn't he like hanging out like a treehouse or something like that? John Wall. Yeah, he missed the first game. There was like a there was some sort well, of his first game. I think he played the first game against Miami. Ohio. No, that was the first game that he played. Oh, but he, okay. But he missed sat out the first game that season. I remember, I just remember that I was rooting so hard for Miami Ohio to win that game. I remember too. <laughs> but he I did a radio show Bob Valvano the next day. I can't remember what it was, but he was with some people that like broke the law. It was like wrong place, wrong time. I mean, they they like broken they, into an abandoned yeah, house. That's what it was. They were like a clubhouse or something. Yeah, yeah it was something. Minor. And he was there, but he wasn't partaking or whatever it was, and. Yeah, it was. There was still there was all sorts of smoke around his recruitment. So I think it was. No, the, well, I think yeah. the NCAA kind of was like, we don't really have anything, but we're just going to suspend you for one game. We'd we'd we just soon not know what was going on there and really anything. But you know, because we feel like we have to, because people are mad, 
we're going to suspend you for one game. I'm still thinking that wasn't Hansborough he went up to. It was like it was one of the Ware twins or something. I mean, Hansborough's adamant. It was, like, it was he's like did not happen at all. It was either Tyler Zeller or Travis Ware. The thing is, I could see Hansborough <laughs> strikes me as the type of guy who would do this and have no memory of it because he does, does it so often. Like I can see both. And, and who knows? I don't know how to make what to make of Wall saying that Carolina didn't offer him in 2009. Maybe I he was just bitter believe, yeah. or trying to make up a reason for why he spurned the hometown team that made him look better. Um, but I, I can see, I, I can see that happening. I can, I, I can't see. Well, I don't know why Wall would just like make it up. Where was know. Duke in all this too? What do you mean? Why wasn't Duke involved in the Carolina recruitment? I mean, Duke probably knew they weren't going to get him. If Never UNC seen. and UK are going after him, he, he was he didn't fit the mold at that time that Coach K was going after. <sighs> he changed his he changed his tune like five years later. I'm just curious. So he's, I mean, well, he's, he's saying he keeps saying North Carolina hometown, but he's from Raleigh. I mean, that would make. State's a hometown team. Yeah, but like UNC is the Durham's every, a little distance from it, Raleigh. I mean, it's in, it's in like, every part of that state, UNC is kind of like the team. Is it okay? Yeah, I mean, like they're they're the state team for sure. So, I don't know. Five two four one four fourteen fifty Thornton sex line Texas better times. I remember getting in so many fights as a freshman in high school about how Siva was going to be better than Wall. It worked out well for both schools. I remember the big argument being, like, one year of John Wall versus four years of Peyton Siva. That was the big argument when you got in there. And you know, the UK fans, again, both sides, I thought, you know, both sides thought the other were, were dumb, but both sides had valid points. If you're UK, you say it's not just about the one season, it's about him getting the ball rolling, all the attention you're going to get because you bring him in, him being on the cover of Sports Illustrated, how it's going to help recruiting moving forward. And with U of L, it was like, well, four years of, of Peyton got us a national title. You may, have had, you may have been better the one year that he was there than we were, but at the end of the day, we got what you want out of this whole thing, which is a national title. And UK fans would counter with, we also got a national title. He may not have been on the team, but we don't maybe win that title and get those players. If he doesn't come here, again, better times for sure. Those debates were more fun than... I just feel old something in high school. I was arguing like Dewan Wheat versus Tony Doak or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Texas said... <laughs> uh, it, reliving the, the wall story... 1.20 p.m., can baking soda make a body smell good? I guarantee that idiot spray-painted his body with, like, Axe body spray and freaked the hell out after a few hours. <laughs> There's something the lawyer can defend. So she says, my, my last Google search was Maitland Ward. We know the rest. <laughs> so she says, Kay had Nolan running the show Wall's year and then brought in Kyrie the next. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, Nolan was all, first team All American in 2010. Okay, and then Kyrie was that 2011 where he didn't play that much, where they brought him back for the NCAA tournament. I think that was the year they got spanked by Arizona in the Sweet 16, but it was a big upset. They were like a they were a one seed though. I think they were really they? good, and it was a shot. Like, he did come back. You're right. Well, that sounds about right. 11 or 12. Arizona destroyed them, and it was a that would have been right. Yeah, because I was doing yeah because me and Chip were doing the show over on on, on 1080 at the time. Uh, Duke was a one yeah. seed, and yeah, that was the year they got beat by Arizona in the Sweet 16 yeah. by 16. And they Arizona wound up losing to UConn, who wound up winning the national title. Um, that was a, a really good Duke team, and yeah, that was Kyrie. played. He only played like 11 games or something yeah. because of the foot, but he came back right before the NCAA tournament. He still got number one pick. And people all wondered if it was a good thing that disrupted team chemistry or all that stuff. He's still in the NBA, sort of. He is. Texas, I thought that UNC pulled their offer from Wall because he was a suspect as the driver in a drive-by shooting. 
That's at least what I heard. That was out there for a while, too. I don't remember that. I just remember the clubhouse thing. I remember that being a, a story that was out there, but who knows. Uh, your boy Cesar said he got caught running a train on a female in a house that was empty and for sale. Was that the was that what it was? <laughs> I guess so. Who knows? What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> that means like a train dodge. They set up an illegal t- electric train. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. The, the model train, and they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. It's a basketball term. You, you gotta. You have to. You have to be bonded to do that. It's a basketball term. Yeah. Uh, second break. When we come back, we can get back <laughs> in this pit conversation. We'll take some more text from you guys at five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Also, Louisville. Taking on Notre Dame this year. We've known the game was going to happen. We now know the date as this 2022 schedule continues to take shape. We'll talk about that as well. Keep it locked right here. Mike Rutherford Show continues next on 1450 The Big X. I was like, why is Matt Canada the number four trending topic in America right now? Has he gotten fired? Is he dead? What's happening? It's like, No, just Steelers fans are pissed that they're keeping him. Have <laughs> made him the number four trending topic in America. I still didn't know Matt Canada was the Steelers. I mean, you told me to not forget about all that. Oh, he is. he is. I was thinking Matt Canada when he, I interviewed him when he's the Indiana offensive coordinator. How was he? Kind of dry. Eh. Has been great. <laughs> Not a whole lot of success. I like, so we talked yesterday about the the Heisman odds from, I think it was Bet Online, uh, sportsbetting.ag. They come out today and like they, they tease this with like, surprise 2023 Heisman favor. I'm like, is it Drake May? Because somebody else already had this. And they're like, it's Drake May, not Caleb Williams, which everybody has. I'm like, okay, well, it's. So now we got to like, we've moved the, the needle. Now we got to like surprise you even more. Now Drake May is just the guy. He's, if he, they also have Michael Penix as the, uh, co-fourth choice with Sam Hartman and Jordan Travis is also their, their third choice so not really there's nothing surprising you have pretty I think much we the same go more outside the box with this. make Devin Leary the preseason Heisman favorite no let's not go too far outside the box I mean let's, let's keep it in the box so I, I do the I think we talked about this last year Mark Story the Lexington Herald leader is kind enough to invite me to to do the sportsman of the year Austin Reed Heisman Austin Reed there you go yeah. Heisman they do the Kentucky Sports Person of the Year. Yes. And they give you that list, the, the nominee list, which is like 500 people. Wouldn't know. Never been asked to vote. Well, you, we, we can get you on there. He's always like, I need, we need more Louisville people. Tell me who to put. I usually just send like the Card Chronicle people. Um, but I can, well, we'll get you in there next year. Well, that, you know, you're, you know, for years I listened to TJ and Nick talk about who they were voting for. No, neither, n- never have they, either one gone. Trevor, we should get you a vote. We'll get you a vote. We'll Look get at you. you. Vote next year. Just... The thing is, your vote means nothing because it always winds up being a UK person every year. 
Like, <laughs> in the top ten, I, I'm shocked. The year that Lamar Jackson, I, I think Lamar won it the Heisman year, but the year he was the MVP, I'm like, well, he's got to be up there. He was like seventh. He's like behind horses and horse trainers, and everybody's good at UK. Like last year, Wondell Robinson won it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but who else would have won last year? I mean, I don't know. Danny Busboom Kelly. Somebody like like Jeff Wall. Somebody. Football's gonna always unfortunately trump volleyball, regardless of the stature of success. It is, but again, if it's like like Wondell Robinson was fine, but he didn't what, I mean, he what good, did he really do? He had a pretty good year in Kentucky Kid. I mean, I just But again, sports person of the year. I know. I'm just saying, I mean, like that's, a, that's it's silly. Like Lamar won it when he won the Heisman. He did, but he didn't win it when he won the NFL MVP. Yeah, which I thought was kind of who won it that year. I, I think I've had this debate. It was someone dumb. It was it was somebody. I like, don't know. I think I want to say there was a reason to argue it, but I it was like a Kentucky wrong. coach yeah. who like I think maybe like the volleyball coach or something. Well, I don't know. Like they every year, like our votes don't matter, and that's why I think Story knows that he's like I try to get more votes from Louisville people. So I I always try to vote as honestly I can in any of these things, like take my fandom out of it. But this is the one where once I get past like the top three, I'm like I'm just putting Louisville people in this because. <laughs> They're not going to be like nobody else is going to vote for Haley Van Lith for anything. Nobody's going to vote for Claire Shaw. Say I'm getting her in there, but I did have to go with I, I, Oscar Shibuya was my number one. I mean, he was National Player of the Year. Yeah, what are I you going to do? Hard to argue that. That seems like a a no brainer. So are you're just basically you just went on this entire spiel about how Kentucky gets all the bias, and then your vote was for Kentucky. He deserved it. Like Wondell Robinson last year did. I not think he just wasted my time with that old rant. Well, who would you vote for? Oh, I have no idea. You'd vote for Oscar Sheeway because he deserves it. Who else was on the list? I mean, every person who's done anything in Kentucky. There are a million people on this list. I might have voted for Mike Rutherford returning to radio. I'm not on the list. Well, I would put you on there. They got like 15 Albieros. They got Yasir Abdullah. Jair Alexander's on the list. Mitch Barnhart's on the list. Why is Mitch Barnhart on the list? Uh, I mean, I, I kid you not, there have to be at least 100 people on this nominee list. You get high school players. You've got like Elijah Justice, The Bullet. Coach Pikeville to an All A Classic, it's everybody, anybody and everybody who's any ties to the state of Kentucky is on this list, except for you. I'm not on there. I'm voting for Word Media for getting the University of Louisville on their radio channel. That's immediate. It's not a person. <laughs> hey, now I thought we eliminated the it has to be a person thing when a horse won. No, it can be, it can be a horse. Okay. Flightline's on there. Flightline is on the nominee who's nominee flat list. Line? Flightline. Did that horse, has they won the Derby? No. It's the best horse in the world, though. I was going to say, I've never heard of the horse, though. I was like, <laughs> great horse. Great horse. And not that great. I've never heard of him. Well, that's not the barometer. Uh, oh, I think it is. I mean, because fly. I'm the novice fan who, if I've heard of you, that means you know you've made it. You're not, you're not a, you can't call yourself a fan if you don't know the Breeders' Cup Classic winner who broke every record this year that you could possibly break. I mean, how am I supposed to suppose to know the Breeders' Classic winner when I forget what even the Breeders' Classic is? Exactly. That's why you can't say you're a novice fan. You're not a fan. <laughs> I'm a novice supporter. You're not. No, you're not. You're nothing. I have to inspire Zap on my phone. You're nothing. Speaking of sports that you refuse to watch, I watched uh, last night before I was falling asleep. Couldn't watch all of it. Rafael Nadal losing to a American, uh, Mackenzie McDonald in the U- in the uh, Australian Open. It's Australian Open time. One of my favorite times of the year because it's on at like 3 a.m. I'm a night owl. I used to watch it all the time. Yeah. Now I'm a little bit less, but it's over. The the, the changing of the guards happening. Nadal's done. I thought he retired. No, he's still playing. Oh. He'll he might win the French again, but Federer's out. He's retired. Oh, that's who retired. Okay. Nadal is slipping. Djokovic is still really good, but maybe not as great as he was yeah. four or five Tennis years ago. Player and MVP of the NBA. That dude can do it all. Yeah, that's Djokovic. That's different different name. But uh, I watched that last time. I'm like, yeah, he just it made me a little bit sad. I never liked Nadal because I was a Federer guy, but 
He's seen him at 35, not being able to move the way that he used to move. It's. I'm also. I'm very excited for this Netflix tennis show and the Netflix golf show. What's the? What was the tallest like good tennis player? I mean, John Isner was like six eight. That's pretty tall. Yeah, he's big time. Like, who's like? I was wondering who's like the Randy Johnson of tennis. Like probably know. Isner. Really? Yeah. Most, bar, most tennis players like your average like like five ten. Isner six ten. I take it back. That's humongous. Six ten, yeah, big so, serve. I mean, the velocity coming that you know, downward on that serve has got to be amazing. He's actually he's playing in the Australian Open uh, tonight, ten fifty five. He's never really won anything though. No, he does have the record for the long. He played in like the three day match at Wimbledon that went like fifty five games in set five a few years ago. That went a fortnight. It was nuts. Yeah, but it he's is. he's big server, but. Not shocking, he can't really move that much. He made a semifinal at Wimbledon in 2018. You think this with six ten though, the strides would be nothing compared to somebody who well, tennis players are what like five ten to six two, maybe six one. They're kind of all over the place. Are they okay? Like yeah. what's Federer? Federer, I want to say, is like probably six one. That's right. Okay, so he falls in that area. Five six one. Yeah, yeah. It's just having. Stood like he was not that big. I, I've, I've seen him a couple times. I never pictured tennis players being that big. To yeah, with. but Isner's he's a monster. Uh, 502 414 Let's take some text here before we uh wrap up the second hour. Texture says, I spit water all over my computer when you said Mitch Barnhart was on the list. Who nominated him? Stoops. Stoops is on the list too. <laughs> I mean, Stoops can be on the list though, right? Satterfield, I don't think was on the list. He didn't even make the list. I don't think he did. What about Cincinnati's AD? No, I didn't make the list. What about Bring Brom Home Guy? Bring Brom Home Guy was not on the list. He should be on. That's who I'm voting for. Satterfield, no. Satterfield's not on the list. Didn't make the cut. Dalton Rushing is. There's a high school boy swimmer who led St. X to a 34th straight team title who's on the list. Will Schultz made it, but Scott Satterfield, no. Not on there. What if there's the names on there that are just made up? Travis Perry. Like, yeah, Lyon we, County boys basketball do star. Do we even know this person's real? Molly Wise, girls high school track and field. Stoops just, I mean, story just throws out his neighbors. Timberland Yeast, Mercer <laughs> County track and field star. Sounds made up. Caitlin Young from Murray State Basketball. <laughs> Kaylee Toe, college softball. Shantosh, Blue City. Love Shantosh. I'm voting for Shantosh. That's the guy who was uh, Jenna, intern Jenna. That was her, like, family friend. She got his tickets to the game. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he's a good guy. Texas is watching Mike Bray and Leonard Hamilton Coach against each other last night was an inspiration to me that anyone can stay at a job for 20-plus years no matter how mediocre and underachieving their results may be. Well, they both had their the nice little runs, and Bray has been bad for a while now. Leonard Hamilton is starting to revert to who he was at the beginning of his tenure. It's been a while. I mean, it's post-pandemic, right? I mean, I guess it's been a while. Yeah, and, and pre his, like, nice little three-year run there, he was not. Not great. Results weren't terrific. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, pandemic's now. We're on our third year. I guess that can be considered, considered a while. Leonard Hamilton also is like, I know he looks like he's 50, but he's also like 75 years old. He's getting up there in age. He, he, doesn't, look, he doesn't look 75, though. No, he, that's what I said. He, he looks yeah. like he's 50. But Black people, don't crack. People forget how old he is. He's he's up there in age. Yeah, he, I mean, you know, they had the nice, they had a great run from 2018 through, I guess the 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 bubble year they went to the Sweet Sixteen in the, the COVID year, and then now they you know they were bad last year they're terrible this year, and it's kind of it. I mean you forget like he had not gone to an NCAA tournament before they made it in 2017, they'd missed it six straight years. Yeah, I mean Florida State was, I mean he's I mean, he's right there with uh, what was the coach's name uh, that had Bobby Sir and now them, 
went into going to DePaul and cheated at DePaul too. You know, yeah. I'm drawing a complete blank on his name now. You think he's like him? Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say. I mean, they're by far probably right there with you know the most successful coach in the Florida State. Yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, you look at all these programs. He Durham too. He remember. So I forget Florida State was beat Adolph Rupp in his last game ever. Did not know that. Otto Perry, a Louisville kid, was starting point guard on the team. But he's just kind of. He was just kind of whatever. I mean, he had made one Sweet Sixteen before 2018. Like that was his big knock. He'd been there since 02. He made one Sweet Sixteen, and you know, then they make the Elite Eight the year after that. Um, it, it's it's just kind of. I think now it's on the downturn. The Bray thing is is surprising. I don't know if he just got too Pat comfortable. Kennedy, by the way, thank you. I don't know if he just got too comfortable or what. But they have been every year. They're like everybody's breakout team. They've got the right combination of players. They brought in some good recruits. They got guys coming back from last year's team, and they have just been downright bad for like what five straight years now. Well, they were in a tournament last year. I guess that's true. Yeah, they went 24-11 last year. But before then, 11-15, and 15, then didn't get to play in the COVID year, 14-19 and 19 the year before that, yeah, NIT I mean, the year before that. They have been they they have been very kind of back and forth the last couple of years, yeah. I think, you know, they went to those back-to-back Elite Eights, and everybody just thought, this is Bray. Like, he's just been – like, they made the transition to the ACC way more seamlessly than anybody thought. They won the ACC tournament, uh, in I think, in the third year in the league. Like, they were so good for so long. They always were in the tournament, and then they've just become – not great. I forgot that they were good last year. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, like I said, it looks like they've been kind of on every other year basis right now since right before COVID hit, and then so I mean, well, this is two bad years in a row. But I mean, this is well, uh, two no. out of three bad years in a row. Yeah, it's true. Well, every well, they and went, they still they were first four team last year because the COVID year they went twenty and twelve. So yeah, but that was a. I remember they weren't going to make the tournament. Possibly. I mean, they they were twenty two and ten last year, and they were the last second to last team in. They beat Rutgers in the play in the first four, and then they beat somebody in the they the, the upset Alabama, yeah, Alabama in the first round, and then lost back to back. Thank you, um, but it was you know they it wasn't a rousing performance by him. But no, I, I mean, but it's just I mean for Notre Dame standards, I mean I wouldn't be like ready to like get rid of him if I'm them. No, I wouldn't either. But they've they've overly committed themselves to him. You got to give him probably at least one more year. But if you're going to be, I mean they're one and seven right now in the conference. If you're going to be like a Three, four win team in the ACC on an annual basis. You've got to. If I'm Notre Dame, on. Mike Bray has earned at least three straight bad seasons for me. Texas Mike, what happened to Bray? I feel like he was an awesome coach, and he's just lost it since the year Bonzi Colson got hurt. That was the year where they were they should have been way better. I still don't think he's lost. I think he's still a good coach. I don't. I don't I've never disliked Mike Bray as a coach. Oh, I love Mike Bray, but I yeah. do think that they've taken a significant step back in recent years. I mean, yeah, that was their that's their only NCAA tournament appearance since 2017. And they were one of the last two teams in. Mm-hmm. They're not the only ones that have had some bad years the last couple of years, though. I don't know where. I mean, that's that's not Look last. That's not last couple. <laughs> that's last six. Like I said, if, I, if I'm Notre Dame, Bray has a bad year this year, which is obviously in the midst of. Like I'm not. I'm like I'm like okay. Listen, you, you're gonna have to have like three like bad like 15 win seasons for me to consider getting rid of you if I'm Notre Dame. Well, that's this would be three in the last five years. Well, but last year doesn't count because that has to be three in a row. Three in a row. I mean, that's, three in a row. No, that's your, your standards are too low. Oh no, Notre Dame. Well, what was that name going to go get? Somebody who can do better than being sub five hundred in three out of five years. I mean, look at the coaches they had before. They had, had Doherty the one year, and you, God forbid, I don't know how they had John McLeod so long. You want to talk about bad? It's Notre Dame. Notre Dame attracts still. I know it's a football school, but it, it will attract a decent name. It's not a bad job. I mean, Mike Bray is the most successful coach they've had in their school history, probably. I mean, Digger Phelps could be debated, but that's because he was there for like fifty years. Yeah, it's just still not not saying that much. 
Um, and, and all the good days are behind them for the most part. Like they again won NCAA tournament since 2016, and they were the second to last team in to make the field. It's not a great run. Texture says the continuation of the Mike Boudoir photo. Stop! Stop putting my face onto these, these George Costanza photos. <laughs> you let me see it. Let me see. I don't even know where you got this picture, but props from my wedding, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I got some black and white. Or something. Yeah, it's a, it's a wedding picture. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this looks so bad. Don't tell you I never did anything, Mary. That looks as bad, looks as, bad as like when he had the Gro- Groger photo redone. Oh, God. And they, they put like the little stick figure in the background. Texas, I'm confused what happened to Kamari Lands. This summer he was being hyped up and he's shooting 27% from the field. Yeah, that oh, was, it, was hyped up. I think it was. No, he was, he, he was being hyped up. I mean, I, I talked about it on the show. I said, Get, I get very little information out of basketball these days. The one thing that I keep hearing from people who are going to practice is one, Brent Huntley Hatfield was looking really good, and two, believe the hype on Kamari Lance. Like that, everybody went to practice said he's looking good. I mean, Kenny Payne added to it a little bit and said for us to be a good team this year, we're going to need Kamari Lance to play like a, a sophomore or a junior. He can't play like a freshman. We need him to step up and act like a veteran. And we have, you see flashes. But we have yet to see him really put together anything that would indicate that he's going to be like an all-conference type college player. I'm not saying it can't happen. A lot of guys look bad as freshmen and then they just something clicks sophomore year or junior year. But he hasn't, uh, just from me personally, he hasn't been as good as I thought he was going to be right out of the gate. And maybe my expectations were too high, but I thought he would do more for us this year than he's done so far. Now still, who's to say that he doesn't have a big last month and a half and, and sets the tone for his sophomore year and he has a breakout season then. But as of yet, I, I was expecting him to be a better player right off the bat than I was. Were you expecting it or were you hoping for it? Expecting. I mean, I, I didn't I, – what I've gotten is I'm, – I'm, I'm content with what I've seen from Lance as a freshman. I mean, he's been obviously up and down, but he's made progress and strides over the last month in improving as a player. So I, I have no problem with the with – the, I'm, I'm okay with freshman Lance and – very excited for sophomore lands. I still have hope. I just thought he was going to be a little bit more polished. I mean, he's he was a fairly highly touted prospect coming. I mean, four star kid. I just don't come in. I, I don't ever assume anybody's going to look like one and done when I first see a freshman. I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect him to look like a one and done. Yeah. I expect him to look better than a guy who's shooting twenty nine percent. That's not good. He's twenty seven percent from the field. Uh, Texas says Louisville should go grab DJ Callip and Shamar Morrow. The all I do is win guy. Shamar Morrow was from uh, he was on Last Chance U. Go ahead, bring Coach Mosley as well. Yeah, I think Shamar Morrow, last I saw, wasn't playing for them. I think he was on the roster, but I don't think he's playing. Um, and if, yeah, I mean, if we're just grab, grabbing random JUCOs, then at least get some that have been on TV. Maybe we'll get some, some publicity out of it. Uh, Did we ever do that when we had Masterpiece Kid? I like Hersey. Moses, isn't it a coach at Oklahoma? What? Isn't it Oklahoma's coach, Mosley? Porter Moser? A Moser, that's right. Texas, how much is our recruiting budget again? We put on these massive events, we spend millions, and we get none of these players, and then we end up offering an unranked Juco who's never visited. At least the NCAA cloud is cleared up. Look, it, None of it sounds good right now. There's there's no way around it. There's I, I'm not going to sit here and, and spit in your face and tell you that it's raining. Nothing is – this is not a good look. I don't think that's how this thing goes. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Don't pee on your shoe until it's raining. I've heard spit on your face. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> most of these things don't have just one way to tell it. There's also a very, much dirtier version that we cannot say on radio. The point, <laughs> the the point is, yeah, this looks bad right now. You had a huge event with Louisville Live. You brought in Jack Harlow. You did it Slugger. You had these big time recruits, and that's an event that when we were doing it on Fourth Street, when we did it at Churchill Downs, it's paid off for us in the past. Like we, you can say what they what you want to about the way that they ended up panning out, but Louisville got multiple players in that class that was ranked in the top ten in Chris Mack's second year because of the Louisville Live event, because of the, that visit weekend. We got Aiden Gahan basically because of that weekend, who at the time was a highly touted prospect. Ended up not, not helping be, your point. <laughs> I, well, Trevor, I just prefaced the entire thing by saying they didn't end up being good college players. But when you go after a kid who's number 29 in the class at the time and you get him, that was seen as a big win. You don't know how this is going to play out. We're getting none of these four or five-star kids that are visiting campus. They're not. Some of them aren't even listing us in the top five. The ones who are, everybody's saying that they're already done deals for other programs. And now the kid that we have offered – which is it's a big story that we're even hearing that we're offering a kid, which is kind of an issue in and of itself, is a JUCO player who has like, no information about him out there. It's, again, he could wind up being a great player, but right now when you're seeing this story and your team is 2-16 and 16, and the players that we thought were going to be key players, key contributors for us this year, haven't popped the way that we were hoping they were going to pop, it's a tough sell. And I mean, Kenny Payne's not dumb. He knows that. He he knows that. I'm sure he knows how this looks. But he's banking on himself. He's banking on his own judgment, and he thinks that Karan Davis and whoever else he's going to offer can really help the team next year. And we, all we have to do is all we can do is hope he's right, because it's it's tough to sell it on yourself. Like it, it's tough. I I'm having a hard time buying into it. Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best, the best of things. Thing. I mean, it's the only thing we got right now. Texas, it's been a while, but I wanted to remind everyone that Mick Cronin sucks. It's been a while, but I still know that Mick Cronin sucks. Number three team in the country. It's been a while. I'm telling you right now, that UCLA team is good. They're primed for a run. They'll lose earlier than they're supposed to because Mick Cronin is the coach. I, bet the, I, I will bet you right now that they won't. Oh, really? What's the bet? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm betting you right now. If you're saying they're going to lose – First weekend is not happening. What was my? Didn't I make a bet already of us? Oh, it was the Giants and, and Eagles. Oh yeah, you guarantee to win. Yeah, but if, if the Eagles don't win, I gotta shave my eyebrows. That's right. <laughs> Texas Mike, we don't need nice. We need you to be honest, like you were before Payne was hired. The truth hurts. I'm, I, I feel like I've been perfectly honest. I think a lot of people think that I've been too honest. I mean, I, I don't know if you've listened to the show, like. I'm not happy with the way that things are. I'm, I'm not expressing, but I'm also trying to give the man the benefit of the doubt. I think he's earned that much, or I think any head coach deserves that much. You try to hope that things are going to get better as a fan, but I'm not going to sit here and say that it's it's good. I'm How like, would you be optimistic about this? Like, sell me as Homer Mike. I don't want Salty Mike or Prison Mike or or, or Married Mike or hmm, Single Mike or which, Drunk Mike. All right, it's, it's, it's a good exercise. I want Homer Mike. I want you to... In, uh, with, without rhyme or reason, because it's impossible to use it to describe this scenario, that Louisville, you, Louisville is, is positive that Kenny Payne is the right man okay. and the season's going okay. The fact of the matter is... <laughs> Light a cigarette for this. <laughs> these players have refused to play for three different head coaches now. 
Chris Mack couldn't get through to him. Mike Begeese couldn't get through to him. And now Kenny Payne's not getting through to him. Once Kenny Payne gets in the type of players that fit his culture, that fit his system, you're going to see the type of guy that was helping UK win national titles, that was helping Oregon take the next step in its program trajectory, that was good enough to get a deal with the Knicks, that was good enough to you know, have all this hype surrounding his ability to get guys in the recruiting trail. And he's going to get five stars. He's going to get five stars. The cloud is gone. It impacted his 2023 class. There's no question about it. It's impacting a little bit the start of his 2024 class, but he's going to start to get guys. And until then, when you start to see him get players that fit his system, that fit what he's trying to do, you're going to see a much improved product on the floor next year. Give him time. This kid, he can shoot it. He's an 82% free throw shooter. He plays up and down. He's a guard who plays. He's a big guard, the kind that Kenny Payne wants. L. Ellis is doing the best he can, but he does not fit the Kenny Payne mold. And you're going to see. like He's going to get guys that will do what he's telling them in practice. And once that happens, we, we may not have the biggest star rankings coming in next year, but once he gets his guys, the guys who are going to respond, and he's going to listen, and we get all the bad apples out of here, you're going to have a team next year that is right back to being a player in the ACC. And then the year after that, when we get these five stars in here, we're going to be back to competing for national titles. Watch. 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 Thank you. That clip is going on Reddit. Was that okay? Out of context, it's going to be have, that people are going to just lose their minds. Please don't do that to me. <laughs> you mentioned post that out of context and be like, Mike Rutherford thinks that this team is a bunch of bad apples and Penny Payne is one class away from locking it up. Somebody turned the show on like right at that moment <laughs> and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> I thought they were going to talk about porn plots. <laughs> Texas now do Prison Mike on KP's now do future. Mike. <laughs> the Gruel. Not, 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 the Dementors. I want to hear it where you're on the player side and anti Kenny. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty easy to do. <laughs> they won 13 games last year. He's they won 13 back. games this year. If Kenny Payne wasn't holding this team back, we would be we'd be 500 or better right now. Let's do this. I mean, we can we can cover this from all angles. We we can cover this from every possible angle. Do this as Zam Payne as the MVP of the team. Here's me doing it as the apathetic fan. Who cares? Talk about Jeff Brom. <laughs> Texas has two thoughts in your recruiting comments, Mike. The first is any player who hasn't signed a national letter of intent is fair game with the bright money. Second, you asked once if the recruiting agencies were wrong about our b-ball guys. Check the star rankings on our football transfers. The high school ranking is always higher. And the transfer guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really following oh. that. Um, I mean, if you haven't learned at this point in your life that you can only take a star rating from, from about a recruit, whether it be transfer or a high school kid, with a grain of salt that I don't know what to tell you. Sure, but I mean, this is a unique situation that this kid has no recruiting profile at all. Like he's not even like a top. He's not on any top 100 JUCO like you list. You can find more Google searching us than you could this kid. Oh, 100. percent There is a like, like if I Google my name, I'd find more stuff about me right off the bat than I would this kid. Yeah, probably. I mean, this is there's not a whole lot out there about him. Like I don't, I don't and maybe he is like you. Let's use the phrase. He ready for the Homer radio back? Diamond in the rough. He's diamond in the rough. He's 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 Buddha, uh, Bird, uh, What was Shaq's name in Blue Chips? I don't know. I can't remember either. Maybe he like maybe that is the case. But we're right back in the same spot that we've been in for the last the, the ten months that we've been in here, where the only major defense of Kenny Payne is I trust this guy. Right? Like it, it, that was the case this summer, before we started recruiting. 
It was the case this summer when the roster was not taking shape the way that most people wanted it to. It was that way this fall when we only had one guard on the roster and you were hearing some negative stuff out of practice. It was that way when we lost DJ Wagner and we didn't get AJ Johnson when we didn't get any of the, the other kids we were going after. Yeah. It's all been trust KP, trust KP, trust KP, trust KP. And here you are again. It's a Juco player from the West Coast that nobody had heard of before this week who has no internet profile, no footprint anywhere. Good numbers this year. He's the second leading scorer in, in the, the conference they play in. But that's it's not going to excite anybody outside of people who are like, I just I trust Kenny Payne, and it's all you can do right now if you if you ha- want to have hope for the immediate future. Do we not get the leading score? Somebody asked that too. They're like they're like <laughs> they're like if he's number two, why don't we just go after number one at this point? <laughs> and where's this JUCO at? In Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. I mean, first of all, don't dismiss DJ Wagner yet. For some, I don't think that game's over. I think it's just halftime. All right. We, there's the- <laughs> why would you possibly say that? <laughs> I'm being Homer Trevor. <laughs> Homer TK. Homer TK. All right. <laughs> On that note, let's take a break. When we come back, we can get to more of your buddy. We get to more of your text in hour number three. We'll also get ready for this uh, this game tonight between Louisville and Pittsburgh. Oh, Seven yeah. o'clock tip off at the KFC Yum Center. Is this the night that the Cards get their first ACC win? We'll talk about that. Keep it locked right here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. Bake the Wallflowers? What's that? Bake the Wallflowers? Uh, I like the song. They're playing, like, they made, they actually had. This is the only song I think I know by them, really, though. They put in, it's kind of the only one. They put a new album out, like, two years ago, and I, I, on a reference from a friend who we have similar music takes, he was like, I think you actually would like this. I, it was really good. I was kind of surprised they had disappeared for 18 years before making the album. 18? It's been, this song came out, like, the mid-90s. Well, they had they had a, I remember they had a CD when I was in high school too that that people liked. Well, a lot of people put out music that no one knows about. I mean, and then Jacob Dylan did some brief solo stuff, um, but it was yeah, they, they never really popped off the way that maybe you thought they were going to. No, at all. I mean, I would call them a one hit wonder. Also, Jacob, don't spell your name with a K. I know you have a famous dad, but come on, man. J C O B. Don't don't go with a K. Don't go with a K. Is it J? Is he spelled J O K O B? J A K O B. Yeah. He just wants to be fancy. Well, I'm sure Bob got it. I mean, you're, you're Bob. Just just give him the normal name. <laughs> Bob doesn't You're, you're Bob. Spell it. Bob probably doesn't even know he misspelled it when he wrote it on the birth certificate. He might not. I saw today the story about him talking about how he wrote. Um, There's a theme, by the way, today. He wrote um, the answer, my blown in the wind. He wrote it in 10 minutes. Like, well, huh? kind of tracks. There's a theme today? <laughs> yeah, there's a theme. I haven't been paying attention. Um, I like the songs, but I haven't been paying attention. You've been paying attention. I know Weezer 
Buddy Holly. That was one of them, yeah. And then Wallflowers, One Headlight. Yeah, that's been that's been a play. What else have we had today? Uh, you had Wake Me Up Before You Go Go by Wham. Okay. Uh, Cherry Pie was the first song we played going out. Okay, that's right. I don't know. We'll get there. And we got one song left. Oh, and then we had uh, uh, Everybody Have Fun Tonight. Okay. All right, well, we'll figure it out. We'll get that theme together before 6 o'clock. It is a game day edition of the Mike Rutherford game Show. Day. Welcome to the 5 o'clock hour. We're getting woo, you ready woo, for tip-off between Louisville and Pitt tonight at the KFC Yum Center. ACC Network has the television coverage, 970 WGTK on your radio dial. They'll actually be kicking off their pregame coverage at about 5.30, but keep it locked right here once we get off the air. Then flip it over. See what Bob and – or not Bob, but Paul and Bob and Jody, what do they all have to say? Getting ready for tonight's game between the Cards and the Panthers. Pitt is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Louisville, which, of course, is still looking for their first ACC win. Pitt, by the way, 12-6 and six overall, 5-2 and two in the ACC. One of the, I guess, more pleasant surprises in the conference so far this season. And if you're wondering – what do they do well? What don't they do well? Here's the big reason for – there's a reason for optimism, and I think there's a reason for pessimism. The reason for pessimism is they've got four really good guards. They are deep. They are talented. They are experienced. There's four of them. And we – I don't know if you guys have heard this. I don't know if you know that this is a thing. We basically have one guard. And that's not a – I've heard well, – wait, wait a minute. Since when? Pitt also, they did the thing that I think we wanted and we're hoping Kenny Payne would do. They killed in the transfer portal. So those four guards that I mentioned, um, Burton's back from last year. He's been there for a while. He's their best player. But they went and got Nellie Cummings, who played at Bowling Green and Colgate. They got Greg Elliott, who played at Marquette. And they got Blake Hinson, who played at um, Iowa State and Ole Miss. Those are four guys, three guys that have played over 337 career games in college. All of them are putting up big-time numbers this season. They're all, I think, averaging over 10 points per game for this team. The other guy that they got, it was a transfer last year, Nike Sabande, is their best bench player, another guard who came off the bench to score 31 against Georgia Tech the other night. Um, they shoot it well. They're the only team in the ACC that has three players that have made 30 or more threes this season. Henson, 6'7", uh, plays the forward spot, but he's their best three-point shooter. He's made 38 this season. Shoots it really, really well. Uh, and it's not an ideal matchup from that standpoint. I mean, Burton is... He Pittsburgh rem- just went out and basically rebuilt their whole team. Right? They did. They brought back Jamarius Burton, who's he's good. He, he reminds a lot of people of Bradley Wanamaker, if you remember him at Pitt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's not flashy. He's a good shooter. He's quick enough with the ball in his hands. He's a really good passer, but just knows the game. Hard-nosed. Really physically strong. Is a tenacious defender. He's going to get on LLs tonight, I would be willing to bet. And he's playing really well in conference plays. Averaging over 20 points per game in their seven league games and is a really good foul shooter as well. Gets fouled a lot and shoots about 89% from the free throw line. Now the reason for optimism is, if you remember their best player this season, the guy who really got into it with Malik Williams the last couple of years was John Hughley, their big man. He lit us up, and he and Malik always got in fights. They always got teed up. He's out for the year. They do not have a dominant inside presence. They've been playing maybe the best name in the ACC, Frederico Frederico. The, ah, great name. The 6'11 Finnish sophomore who was so nice they named him twice. 
And then their only other two centers are Guillermo and Jorge Diaz Graham, who are seven foot twins from Spain, who are freshmen. So you got a six eleven sophomore from Finland, seven foot twins from Spain. They're all inexperienced. They're all, I think, going to be fine college players, but right now they're really raw. They're just kind of big and they get in people's way. They'll block shots, but they're not overly skilled. This is kind of like the North Carolina game, a game where a guy like Sidney Curry should offensively be able to get some stuff going. I know he's going up against, he's giving away a few inches on these guys, but he is more crafty than they are. He's more experienced. He scores around the rim in a way that he should be able to, I think, get good position on them and be able to finish. Brent Huntley Hatfield would be nice to have in this game. It doesn't sound like he's going to play, but Louisville should, 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 should have a little bit of an advantage offensively in the paint. Defensively, they'll struggle, I think, to guard the fact that Pitt has so many capable guards and a six foot seven three who can step out and really, really shoot it. It's I'm not gonna sit here and say it's a tough matchup for Louisville because they're all tough matchups for Louisville. I know we I feel like we say that every game, like it's not a great matchup for Louisville. There are no great matchups for Louisville no. at this point in the I mean, season. We, 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 when was the last time we when was the last time we did look at the game and thought we had I mean I I, Florida I, I, M. I, I felt <laughs> I don't even know about that. I mean, I felt somewhat confident. I guaranteed a win. I felt good about that. I was confident about North Carolina, but, I mean, I didn't say it's still not a great matchup. I just thought, you know, the stars were lying for us. Instead, there was no stars to be seen. That was poetic. I liked it. Now. That was deep, man. It was deep. Uh, Louisville, we mentioned this at the beginning. It, It means nothing, but Louisville has been really good against Pitt. Basically, since the middle portion of our tenure in the Big East, we've won 17 of our last 19 against these guys and are 12-1 and at home against the Panthers. But Pitt has been a good road team this year. They started off slow away from home. Two of those were neutral court games, though. They lost to West Virginia at home and then lost to, to Michigan and VCU on neutrals. They've only lost two games away from home this season, and they're 3-1 and in conference play. The only game that they lost to an ACC team uh, away from the, the Peterson Event Center was against Duke, and that was a game that they led comfortably at halftime and then just kind of got away from them in the second half. They bounced back from that loss to beat Georgia Tech on Saturday pretty comfortably. They, they won by 11, and they looked good in the process. But it's a pit team that seems to, for whatever reason, almost play better away from home. They're not going to be – I mean, they wouldn't be intimidated by the atmosphere inside I mean, the Young Center, period, I, I, because yeah, it's not going to be great. But if there was any hope that maybe they just hey, – uncomfortable surroundings are going to throw them off their – getting them off their bearings, that's not going to happen. They're also, despite not having I mean, Hughley, they're a good rebounding team. They're 9-1 and this season when they win the rebounding battle, and they're fourth in the ACC in rebounding margin, which is, once again, rebounding, perimeter defense, not two areas where we excel and two areas where Pitt is pretty damn good. Where do we excel? Free throw shooting. <laughs> but we never get to the line. It's such a weird coincidence. We're a good free throw shooting team. I don't know. Are we really a good free throw shooting team? Yes. There's been a lot of times in certain games where we've missed some one on ones in the front end of one on ones. That and we actually are good at getting to the line. We are 46 in the country. It's the only area that we're green on Ken Palm in terms of free throw attempted per field goal attempts. Now I love I love your attempt at making us feel warm and cozy with the road record and everything. But is you kind of that was not an attempt to feel you rosy. Pitts go to, away from home. Well, this is a home game. So that's that's not good. That's not rosy. I don't know if you're really listening there. I wasn't because it doesn't matter home, way, neutral. I mean, we're a good matchup for everybody, and I don't no disrespect to the people that will show up tonight and show their support. I'm sure you will, and I hope you do. And more power to you, buddy. I everyone there should get a free slice of pizza for just showing up to the game. To be honest with you, if you ask me, but it's not gonna 
the atmosphere is not going to make an impact or effect. Yeah, that's what's up. I know. Yeah, they're, they're a good road team, and our atmosphere sucks. Now, I do mean, you, North Carolina wasn't a good road team, and it didn't matter. So, Yeah, I mean, that's which I saw coming. You didn't. You guaranteed a win. Let's not let people forget. You guaranteed a win over North Carolina. <laughs> do you want to hear something? You guaranteed something once. A Florida A&M win. Came through. When's, have you have you have you been wrong on a guarantee since we've been doing this? I don't think so because I've made I, I did guarantee at least one more win this season. That's the That's one that we true. have up in the yeah, air. You, okay. Th- that one I'm on the hook for. All right. I just looked at our Ken Palm profile. We are turning the ball over our non-steal turnover rate. It's happening on 13.2 percent of possessions. That is no longer the worst rate in the country. We are 362nd now. In non-steal turnover percentage. And for those that don't know what non-steal is, it means you're dribbling off your foot. Dribbling off your foot. Throwing the ball away. Throwing the ball away. Walking. Yeah. All Shot clock violation. Shot clock violations are team turnovers, which still count as non-steal turnovers. I don't know. I'm always border on where I count that, but okay. Suck at McNeese State. You now are last. Joe Dumars has never been unhappier. McNeese State. Crushing it. John Aiken, head coach. Awful. You know uh, the head coach? Yeah, John Aiken. It's right here in front of me. <laughs> the Clay's brother, dad? It is not. <laughs> not that I know. Now, Jeff Capel talked to the media yesterday. He is, I mean, all coaches are going to be sympathetic. And he, he said, as a guy who came to a program in a rebuilding state and who got a lot of heat early on, he sympathizes with Kenny Payne. He says, you know, when you get in these situations, you want to do well so bad. You work hard at it. You invest a lot of time. And when you don't see the results, it can be very frustrating. I found that out firsthand. He did say, I admire Kenny and his staff because when you watch him, you see a team that is continuing to fight, continuing to play really hard. It seems like from the outside that they that they have stayed positives. And when you watch their team, they play together. It looks like they like each other. And they're continuing to fight, and that's a sign that they're making progress. Wow. I mean, he could just done a little buddy in there, too, and it's just been all the, all the grander. Yeah, it's... Little buddy, you're get, you're giving it all the hustle you got there. It sounded a lot like Homer Mike's attempt to be Homer Mike. I mean, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of it. They're lot still of, fighting. A lot of fluff there, man. You see it, but he's he's trying to be complimentary. He's trying to do the Dabo thing. We'll see. It just comes off kind of. I mean, not to say Jeff Cable's a jerk, but anyway, I'm sure he's not. He what, else, what do you want to say? Like they they suck. <laughs> I mean, be honest. Be like, we're really not worried about this game. Have you watched this team? And what's up with that outfit that Kenny Payne wears? <laughs> think he is Spock. <laughs> he's not going to say that. Danny Manning might be walking through that door, but unless he's putting a jersey on, I ain't worried about tomorrow night. I did love, so everybody's thinking of different ways to cover this team right now, right? And we had Connor Shea did the whole thing where he did look into Kenny Payne's jacket, which we're better with him in the zip-up than we've been without him in the zip-up. That's the, the, the too-long-didn't-read summary of that post on Card Chronicle today. Now, Pitt, they're having a better season, but they still, one of their sites got a little bit crafty with the way to cover this game against a Louisville team that is historically bad. They went and took the Kevin Stallings team from 2017-18, the one that that went winless in conference play, lost to Columbia, lost to James Madison, lost to Colorado State, three terrible teams, and compared them to this year's (laughs) Louisville team I mean, I said at the time, I thought it was the worst power conference team I've ever seen, that, that Pitt team. They, at least as of right now, 
stack up very favorably compared to this Louisville team. Like how many wins did they finish with? Oh, they won 11 games. I mean, we're not even near 11 games. And we're not going to be, I don't think. Oh, no. Probably not. He says, at this at this same point in the season, I take it back, that team, they ended up winning eight, eight games. At this point in the season, Which they... are still not reaching anyway, by the way. At, th- at this point in the season, they had eight wins. Louisville's just won twice. That handful of wins happened for a reason. The Pan- the Panthers are were a better assist rate team. They shot better from everywhere on the floor than Louisville, and they were better defensively at times. They also played a mind-numbingly slow pace to try and limit their limitations. 351st in the country in terms of pace. It wasn't successful, but it's better than what Louisville is trying to do now. All the Cardinals have to lean on is their outstanding free throw rate, which is 44th nationally, and their 71% mark from the charity stripe. But the fact that they commit more turnovers uh, frequently than anyone in America and can't score from anywhere else on the floor largely neutralizes that advantage. I mean, they had a winning record at one point, something we've never had. This is true. They were 8-5 and five before they hit their losing streak. If they, we win one ACC they, game, they, though, they, 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 we'll do something that they, they couldn't do. They beat Lehigh. They did. They beat High Point. Okay. Sorry, Tubby. They beat McNeese State, who apparently has not been, been has Sorry, not recovered Aiken. since, since they're dead last in the turnover thing. <laughs> Delaware State. Townsend. And that was the highlight of it. See, it could be. <laughs> but they also beat Mount St. Mary's. It's just, look, if we win one conference game, we at least do something that that team didn't do, the team in 2017 from Boston College didn't do. We at least separate ourselves from that back. we got to win one conference game. They almost beat Notre Dame in the tournament. Well, maybe we can almost beat Notre Dame too. Maybe we can do better than that. We beat that team by 34 points. Good God. Jeff Greer, the sicko that he is, on his newsletter, he's doing this super conference league, the super league thing, where he's taking the worst – ACC teams of all time and simulating them against one another and making it like a sort of a soccer league where you play everybody twice and see. <laughs> and I know that we won our first game, but we did lose this pit team last week in his, his newsletter update, but I'm irrationally invested in it. I, I don't know why I get like a sick pleasure. I'm like, try, I, I really want Louisville to not be the worst team in that league. That team against Virginia scored 37 points that year. Well, we scored 38 against Texas. State I know. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> so we're better. Ergo, we are a better team. Uh, 502-414-1450 the Thornton Sex Line. We'll take a couple of texts here before we uh, we get into the second segment this uh, for the show. I, I should mention, I keep teasing this, and, and I need to go ahead and just say it because say it. we're running say out it. of time. Say it. Louisville-Notre Dame game this year. Yes. We knew the Cards were going to host the Fighting Irish. It's part of their deal with the ACC. We found out today because Notre Dame released its schedule in a weird video game video yeah, tweet. Yeah, I saw the tweet, yeah, I didn't. The Cards will host the Fighting Irish on Saturday, October 7th. Smack in the middle of the season. That will be a very, very... That may be the first... I think you predicted that could be a, a three-stripe game with Jeff oh, yeah. Brom. Let's say, I mean, Louisville's got a... We don't know who the fourth game will be before the Notre Dame game. We know they open in Atlanta against Georgia Tech. Yeah. Then we know they play Murray State at home. And then we know they play Indiana in Indianapolis. We don't know who the game after that's going to be. I guess, theoretically, it could be a bye. But let's say Louisville's 4-0 going into that October 7th game against what should be a highly ranked Notre Dame team. That could be a hell of an environment. That's the, that's that's the dream. I'm, I'm matching that with like Florida State 
uh, game day and uh, blackout game. That could be the dream, man. That that would be an awesome, awesome environment. Plus, Sam Hartman coming in here. Another October game at Cardinal Stadium. Little PTSD. Little seven turnovers in the third quarter. I mean, if you're four on your Louisville, this is the game that puts you on the map. Which, but this is what gets you. Oh, I'm about. excited. I'm I'm very excited. So the we know now the dates for five games. Those four plus the Kentucky game on the last Saturday of the regular season. And now we have seven ACC games to fill in. We'll find that out. In 12 days, uh, a week football season. Come on, get here, see here soon enough. Two Mondays from now, the ACC is going to release its full schedule, which is which means we'll know uh, our full schedule after that point. So, very exciting stuff. Uh, We got a text from. (laughs) I can't. It's like a business text. I don't know why they have their their business name attached to it, but I can't read their text. So, what's the business? I'm not gonna say it because I don't want because I don't know if they know that this is happening. I want to check it out. We'll talk about it during the break. Okay. Uh, Texture says, going to the game tonight, if Zan Payne checks in during the first half, do I have your all's permission to glue my hand to the court like those NBA climate <laughs> protesters? And what, I mean, it depends the score of the game, but there's a good – just have the Elmers ready, buddy. I do feel bad for Zan. What, somebody said that there were some boos. I don't know if this is true or not. I wouldn't have booed. There were some boos after he missed his, his first shot in the game last – and like – Say what you will. Like, I don't think that Zan Payne should be in these games. I don't. But when he gets in there, he at least plays hard, which is more than you can say for a lot of the people on this this roster. But I I also understand the frustration for the fan base, for sure. Uh, by the way, Leon Badu, not Boudoir, is Shaq and Blue Chips, according to the text. I knew it was like, it was a B, I knew that. I just, I just read your uh, business text, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, you see what You I'm can't read that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice try though, whoever it was. And why? Yeah, why does it have a? I don't know. I don't. I'm not gonna say. It. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But texture says uh, they're a frequent texter. Yeah, the texture says even better. Argue for Trevor's. It's only halftime in the DJ Wagner battle in a MM voice. <laughs> MM like martial arts. I don't know. I think they mean Marcus Maven. Oh, I don't know how Mark. I can't do Marcus Maven. Yeah. Do it in a Mickey Mouse voice. Oh, is it Mickey Mouse or Mar- or Marcus Maven? Both. It could be the one. Do it in a Mickey Mouse voice. Hey. Oh, the thing about the DJ Wider recruitment that you've got to remember is John Calipari is not a done deal at Kentucky next season. If Cal isn't in Lexington, who's to say that Wagner will be? And where else would he go? Right into the arms of Kenny Payne. Oh. Not, this recruitment isn't over. It's only halftime. It's not over. It's halftime. <laughs> there you go. You feel good about that? You feel good about what you made me do, text line? <laughs> you happy about that? It's a damn game, damn. Doing Mickey Mouse voice for DJ Wagner's recruitment. <laughs> Texas isn't the number one Juco player, the kid from Louisville that just committed to Mizzou. The number one player... It was Sean East. I don't know if that was this year's class or... I thought... Wait a minute. Sean East was the kid that went from West Virginia to Ohio State, I thought. No. Sean East is the player from New Albany who went to UMass and then went to somewhere in the Missouri Valley. Yeah, he's the one that played with Romeo, right? Exactly. Okay. I thought... Why do I think he went to West Virginia? I've got no idea. But he, either. You're thinking of Sean McNeil. Oh, okay. Okay. Not I, Sean East. I, was, I had the right first name. Sean East played with Romeo at New Albany. He went to... I mean, everybody wanted Louisville to recruit him. He went to UMass, played there for a year. He went to like Missouri State, or I can't remember where it was, somewhere in the Missouri Valley for a year. Went to JUCO, became the number one JUCO player in America, committed to Missouri, 
And then the number three JUCO player in America right now is Kurt Lewis, who is from Louisville, played at Valley High School. He was the kid the other day that I was talking, I think Monday, I was talking about Steve Rummage tweets out, I would love to have him as a card. Yeah, yeah. And literally a minute later, he tweets out that he's committed to Missouri. So that's, yeah, I mean. It, so Missouri took two kids from here that, well, I guess one is from New Albany technically, but two area kids that both of them going Juco routes. Why, why are our kids going Juco routes, by the way? When did Louisville become the hotbed for Juco talent? I don't know. I mean, Jay Scrub, also Juco. That's the only Dante other, Smith. I, Dante Juco. Smith's the one I think of, yeah. Well, they both were the, 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 the last two Juco players to go straight to the league. Oh, were they? Yeah. Because yeah. it was always brought up Jay, uh, Jay Scrub was the first junior college player to clear for the draft since Dante Smith did, and he hated the comparison. He's like, I'm not Dante Smith. I'm going to be around for a longer time, and he has not been. And I think, actually, ironically, I think Rupertino's the only one I can think of in the modern day to recruit a kid straight from Juco in a lottery. Yeah. Jay Scrub should have gone to Louisville. I, I said at the time, I think he's. A, I still think he's a really good player. I think he needed the one year of college, and he would have gotten drafted higher. He would have gotten a guaranteed contract. I think he could have used that one year at Louisville. I think the, the year they took Joe Johnson happen. in the lottery, they had back-to-back picks. I think they took Joe Johnson and a kid named Kendrick Brown. Texas says Jacob Dillon, by the way, you misspelled his name, Jacob with the K. Inheriting a billion dollars, no motivation. Did he really? I, I mean, hell, at least he did something with his life. He made music. I mean, if I'm Bob Dylan's not dead though, right? No. Okay. But I'm still he's I'm sure he's got some money. He's got royalties galore, I'm sure. Texas Mike, if you uh had to guess who comes back next year or is actually asked to come back. We did this game already. We last. people have asked this before, and, and there's no way for me. I think the one thing that I, I will clarify, people keep saying L. Ellis. This is his last year. I'm so sorry that he's going out. He has another year of eligibility. I wouldn't. I he mean, can come back if he wants. He can to. come back. I wouldn't be shocked. He's I'd not, be fine with Ellis in a, a, a different role. I mean, I mean, he's not gonna. Uh, he's not gonna go. I mean, he could transfer. I guess. I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, he absolutely could. I think yeah. Curry actually has a year of eligibility left remaining too, if he wants to use it. But L. Ellis can come back. As far as I mean, the only player that I feel like is really, really likely to come back based on information that we know, which again is very little. Like I'll, I'll, I'm honest about it. I'm transparent. I don't have very good sources within the basketball program anymore. I don't, I don't hear a lot of stuff that I uh, would hear before, but I know that, that Kenny Payne feels very confident. And I think he has a, a kinship with, with Mike James. I think he really likes Mike James a lot. Uh, you heard the anecdote on TV about how he'll call James yeah. after practices to see how the team reacted to something that he was trying to instill in them. Um, that says to me that James probably going to be here for a while, and unless something crazy happens after the season, you just you never know. Like you, you can try to forecast these things. Last year, we'd already heard. I mean, you know, everybody was willing to talk last year. You, you'd heard a lot of speculation about which players were already planning on not being here next year. I haven't. If, there, if that's out there right now, I haven't heard any of it. Uh, and I love the fact that the, the relationship of Mike James is there because I don't know, like, to play another little hypothetical game, if you could you could put a lock on one part on this team and, the, and that by doing so, no matter what they, their personal feelings are, they're coming back next year regardless. That would, Mike James would probably be the guy I'd use it on. Me too. And so, Me yeah. too. Um, Texas says, Kenny Payne's in Notre Dame. Probably not going to happen. He'd just end up going to like back to the Knicks or something, probably, wouldn't he? I mean, yeah. I mean, he if he leaves, it would be because he doesn't want to be a head yeah. coach. Texas is the Johnson girl at Sacred Heart, still the number one ranked high school sophomore. She is our next fan, Lith. I heard she's a big U of L fan. Zakia Johnson at Sacred Heart. I think I mentioned her last year on the show. 
just remember the name. She's 2025 class. She's got offers from everywhere in America. I don't know if she's still the number one prospect. We, there's also a I feel like Sacred Heart like assumption. They haven't won like the state. I don't know why. Or did they just win one last year with her? Maybe I think Sacred Heart won it very recently. Okay. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like it's been a while since I heard like the, the assumptions never good at basketball. They're more volleyball, right? Yeah. And presentation's never good at anything really. Well, that's I mean collateral damage. Why I don't know why you felt the need to say that. I'm trying to think about they're all Catholic, all like all girls schools. Well, I mean you've got uh, Mercy. Yeah, I never said Which, that. by the way, Mercy has a player who's also in the top five in that class. Shout okay. out to our guy, Justin Rank. They've got one of the most highly touted prospects uh, in, in America as well. I can't remember her name. Um, and Sigurd Hart's always been kind of the head of the... the Emma class. Barnett is her name, and right. she's um, she's signed with Ohio. There's another girl there, though, that I think is is also really highly touted. The, the, the Sigurd Hart's kids still have the same coach, right? No, Donna Moore. Donna Moore, yeah. No, she's not there anymore. The she's girl, the coach in St. Matthews. The girl I'm thinking of, by the way, is Leah Macy, who's a, so- a sophomore forward. She's in the same class as Zakia Johnson. She's a top 15 overall player in the 2025 class. So if you're Jeff Walls, this is, I mean, he's been picking the best of the best from around the country for the last several years. You've got two top 15 players right in your backyard. Nailed this it. is, yeah, this should be, should be easy. Probably use a better term. Yeah, make a play. I mean, she's, <laughs> she was at Louisville Live in October. Leah Macy was. Zakia Johnson was there as well. But the, it's been a while since we've had two prospects in boys or the girls' side here locally that have been this good in the same class. Like they are, it's it's a thing to keep an eye in on. In basketball, yeah. I say football. The closest thing would probably be Brahman and, and Bush. They weren't in the same class though. Well, they were close. They were a year apart, right? I mean, right, yeah, but. So. Not in the same class. I get that. Uh, basketball, good lord! I mean, you'd have to go back. Ah, man, yeah, long I'm, time. Eighties. I mean, I, I, I kid you not, uh, and somebody can correct me on this one, but my mind automatically goes like to like, like Jeff Hall and Daryl Griffin. Well, Bobby Turner was 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 big in his class. Yeah, that was like yeah. the mid seventies, like that somewhere around that seventy. Uh, that's that mid mid to late seventies to early eighty. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ballard and Mail had some pretty good players. Um, Texas, if you could have one, well, and on this one before we take a break for the last segment, if you could have one former Louisville player, living or not, join the men's basketball team for the remainder of the year, who would you pick? I pick Edgar Sosa. That's a weird pick. I mean, I'd pick Daryl Griffith. Yeah, I mean, are we getting him in their prime? I mean, if we, yeah, if that's the case, I'm taking yeah, the, the best player we've ever had. Yeah. Juan Wheat. Yeah. We need a guard, right? Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll read some more text from you guys, and then we'll make our picks for tonight's game. Cards and Panthers getting ready for action. Pre-game show is starting over on 970 WGTK, but keep it locked right here because we've got 30 more minutes on 1450 The Big X.
Alright, what's the theme? By the way, there's nothing better than when Homer Simpson went to, went to fight <laughs> the Dedrick Dedrick Tatum. Dedrick Tatum, and he came out to the song. Yeah. It was good. It's one of my my favorite Simpsons episodes, uh, or just scenes in general. It is fantastic. (laughs) Um, You give up? Yeah, I give up. Every band starts with a W. Ah. This was War, and you had Weezer, Wallflowers. I like it though. Wang Chung, Wham, and Warrant. Got simple. I like it. That was was a good thing. A little Wednesday, a Wednesday W. For us getting the W. I like it. I like where you're headed. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Let's get pumped. We want them to hear us <laughs> in the other studio for the first time ever. Let's bleed into the traffic report. We're getting excited about this game. God yeah. knows we got to hear about it. I'm, I'm hearing the traffic report right now. I hear it all the time. He hates you so much. I know he does. Does he really hate me, think so? Probably. Probably. Mostly because I just don't call him the LGD guy. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Louisville taking on Pitt tonight. <laughs> 7 o'clock is a tip-off time. If you can't listen on 970 WGTK or you like watching with your eyes on TV, then the ACC Network is going to have to like call for you. If you like basketball with your eyes, if you do if, you, if you're a freak that doesn't like just listening to 970 WGTK and imagining how it's going to look and you want to watch with your own eyes, then the ACC Network has you covered tonight. Uh, you're not, re- not going to have to scramble to find Bally Sports South or, or whatever or streaming or anything. ACC Network. Simple, make it happen. I like the Pac-12 network. Well, Pac-12 network doesn't exist. That's, it's not still, a real thing. We still have proof, we don't have proof yet. Yes. So let me get this right. You believe in aliens. You believe in ghosts. You do not believe in the Pac-12 network. No, no. Okay. There's more evidence of aliens and ghosts than the existence of the Pac-12 network. It's not I a real see, thing. I see it on my guide. It's not a real thing. Have you ever tried to click on it? No. Tell me what happens. I did once click on the BYU network. You get signed up for some sort of FBI list if you try to even watch the Pac-12 network. You ever watch the BYU network? Yes, every now and then. My favorite part was I was on there one time and they showed Rudy. Oh, my God. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling me BYU, the Mormon school, is showing a (laughs) Catholic movie? And the best part was, was I believe they blurred out the word, like, with God and Catholic at some point. Do they really? Yeah, they like, (laughs) yes. I mean, <laughs> I never understood why they even showed the movie. It really baffled me. It makes no sense at all. That's a very, very, very silly thing. Uh, before we get back to the text line, Jeff Walls landed himself a new transfer. Okay. Now, knowing what you know about Jeff Walls transfers. Somebody that plays in the ACC currently. You're not wrong. Virginia Tech player. Ilya Love from Georgia Tech. I like the name, by the way. I, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. It's E-Y-L-I-A. I'm not sure, but Love will be eligible to play. She has to sit out the rest of this year because she's she started eight games for Georgia Tech this season. Uh, she'll be eligible to play next season, 2023-2024, and then she'll have two years of eligibility left. So she and what she do at Georgia Tech? Tell me. She's Again, She's I think she played in 13 games this year. She started eight of them. She was dismissed for... I'm not sure why. Not sure what the reason was, but uh, she played kind of sparingly this season after being pretty good last year. A year ago, she averaged, she was a full-time starter. She averaged 10.5 points per game and 4.8 rebounds. She only averaged 3.0 points per game this season, but again, something was going on there. She clearly had some sort of disconnect with the, uh, the coach, but she's shown enough to believe that. She, she clearly brings something to the table that Walls wants to have. 
She did. She was a surprise on January 1st. Uh, their head coach, according to From the Rumble Seat, the Georgia Tech side on SB Nation, says you know, she was asked about why wasn't she there, why wasn't she on the team. She says, Lily Love, which I guess is her nickname, has been dismissed from the team. We wish her well, was the sole comment that was made there. But she's off the team. We'll show her some love. Their loss, our game. Two years of eligibility. Welcome aboard. Shot 41% from the field last season. And again, was a double-figure score for Georgia Tech, for a good Georgia Tech team last year. So, you know. Right. Welcome aboard. We have a history of taking uh, young ladies who have not gotten along with their head coaches in the ACC and making them all-conference players here. Yeah. yeah, That's what we do. It's what Jeff does. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sacks line. We'll take a few texts here for the last 10, 15 minutes or so of the show before we make our predictions for tonight's game against Pitt. Texture says, um, Twitter said that he's Popeye Williams' cousin. I'm not sure what we're talking about here. Oh, Curtis Williams? I guess the, the, the junior college player that we're offering a scholarship to. Twitter said he's Popeye Williams' cousin. Popeye probably went to KP and said, let me help you. I have a cousin that can ball. Go get him. And KP was like, sure. And that's how the recruitment happened. I hope <laughs> I hope not. I hope that's not how we ended up offering a so JUCO. We're taking, we're taking, we're taking uh, recruiting tips now from our uh, linebackers. Maybe in basketball, by the way. By the way, remember how um, remember how nobody knew that DeAndre Moore's brother was on the team last year as a walk on until they yeah. used him as like the pro. He's not on the team anymore. <laughs> Louisville's like the master of having people that you had no idea. Like I like I told you about yesterday with Renato Foster being the brother of Slay and Rodney Carney and company. Well, no, what we're the master of is is getting players and coaches on staff or the roster to try and get recruits and then not actually getting that recruit. We had Harvey Grant's kid on the team for four years and no one knew it. Horace. It was Horace Grant. I couldn't remember. I already forgot which one. We We went to shut the senior day. We're like, wait a minute. What's he doing here? We tried to get Marcus Teague by hiring his handler. Didn't work. DeAndre Moore, we put his brother on the team. Didn't work. Milt Wagner, we know how that played out. Didn't work. The CC dude. Yeah. Usman Cissé Mm -hmm. did not work. Nope. But I like how very quickly we're like, all right, well, your time, your services here are no longer needed. Go play for Texas. <laughs> See if they love you. Um, they give you a scholarship, you bum. Texter says, I first listened at the body part conversation. I'm at a loss for words. I had a text to make fun of Trevor, but now I don't think it's possible. I don't even know. it. It's a screenshot of a text that they sent to Big X. Oh, it's, it's you responding to the Larry Johnson four-point play where you said worst call in NBA history. Well, that and the foul call on James Edward Edward on Kareem in game six of the 1988 horrible, horrible. Pistons should probably should have won three straight titles. Do you have any other thoughts? Yeah, Larry Johnson didn't get fouled and he he walked. (laughs) And the NBA, that was... I mean, is it not... I mean, how is it not clear to everyone? I mean, we we already know that... the, the, the. Officials even admitted that the, the NBA was crooked in that time. Oh, it was. I mean, it was they, crooked in the late '90s too. It was obvious that they had to have the Knicks in the finals because the the, the Spurs had already cruised in there. It was a short and fifty game season. Ratings were getting hit hard. Stern needed a big market team. He'd be damned if he was going to have the Pacers go against the Spurs in the NBA finals. No one would care to watch. It's Allen Houston's defining moment. And that was so he put the so he, he made sure that the the uh, the the Pacers didn't get in. And the Knicks did. Unfortunately, or fortunately for us, unfortunately for Portland, we got we did the same thing the next year, where Portland probably should have been in the finals. We all know that the NBA cheated to keep them out. It's been public record now, and they probably don't get cheated out if we don't sweep the Knicks right away and get in first. That's where we got burned. 
See, if the Spurs don't get in right away into the finals and sweep through the West, and we can get there first, then maybe they get screwed. I think you're like just full-on NBA and non-guy. You're just straight conspiracy theory. I mean, it's not a conspiracy. It's the truth. I still believe, the one that I believe is the that Bucks 76er series, where they needed AI in the finals to play the Lakers, was yeah. the most corrupt, crooked refereeing I've ever seen in my entire life. Dude, st- listen, I, nothing, listen, I still take David Stern 10 times over Adam Spineless Silver any day. Like that, that guy has no business being running a Dairy Queen, let alone a conference of sports. But Stern was not shy to make things go his way for TV ratings and to get TV shares. And that's, that's how he built the NBA. I mean, let's be honest. He took over an NBA that was showing their NBA finals on tape delay. RIP. And yeah, and he, he expanded a little too much. And I mean, we all know about the cover up of Michael Jordan and the gambling. Texas, I just hope that Frederico can't finish. Is that a reference to something that I don't get? I don't get it either. Frederico, Frederico. We need more. We haven't had a good one name, two name player in a long time. Do you remember Dwayne Dwayne from Wisconsin? Yeah. His brother, Queth Dwayne, was awesome at Syracuse. Helped him win the national title. I think there's someone I'm forgetting the head of for the. I remember Ruben Boomshay Boomshay, but that was his last name. I know a funny character in My Name is Rose. Name is Clark Clark. And that's thank you for that. <laughs> I just had to throw it out there. I love, and I actually I brought it up to Sean before, but like I just loved. I mean, I was at the game where we played Georgetown, and Sean, you know, he did, he would always do the thing where he'd announce our players when they scored do, emphatically, mm-hmm. and then we kind of just casually mention the other players. And that whole game, because Ruben lit us up, he'd be like three games, and it was like boom shit, boom shit, boom shit, boom shit. And I laughed. I laughed every single time. Boom shit, boom shit. And it just somebody, haunted me. I think there's somebody we're forgetting that was a really that was a good one too. And I'm I'm just gonna make, make I'm sure mad. there is. Yeah. Texas to clarify the earlier text. I keep hearing about how much talent is on the squad and how KP should do better. The fans point to high school rankings. Russ was a three star. Devin Askew was the thirtieth ranked player in the class. Point being we have about eight to ten wins of talent max. Uh I don't know about I will say this. We, we talent wise, we shouldn't have lost to the the one point game. Because we are more talented than those. We shouldn't those. lose to Bellarmine. We shouldn't lose to App State. That's, we shouldn't that's, lose to Wright that's State. That's what I'm talking about. We there. shouldn't lose to Lipscomb. Those four games. But here's yeah. the problem with your with your point, because everybody knows that recruiting rankings aren't an exact science. But the, the fact of the matter is, when you look back historically, more times than not, the recruiting rankings are more accurate than the programs that you know have a bunch of two and no stars. From low majors, like none of those programs are winning national titles. But I'm judging- Case in point, our team ten years ago that won the 2013 national title had the exact same starting lineup based on star ranking that we have right now: one five star, three four stars, one two star. That's why or, I, one three star. I mean, that's why I don't get really too blue about rank star rankings half the time. But a lot of times, like I mean, I'm talking about the talent of this team from watching this team play and knowing that there's. This team should have more wins because they're more talented than what it's not. Doing. You can say whatever you want. It's not a two and sixteen talent roster. No, like no. that, if you're trying to make that assumption, and it's not just high school recruiting rankings. LLS was the number one JUCO player in America. He was. Brandon Holly Hatfield was billed as one of the top transfers in America. They're the five star. I mean, you, know, you can say that some of these, these aren't exact science, and that's right. But it's also it would be incredibly just insane. For all of these to be misses. Because, again, we've got almost all four stars on this recruiting, on this roster, and one five-star. And so you're just saying that all of these guys were improperly labeled. Are you, are you going to get a four-star who maybe was more of a two-star every now and then? Sure. But more times than not, at the very least, they, they're like a high three-star. So unless the recruiting services were just wrong about each and every single one of these players, 
I don't buy the whole like there's just no talent on this team. I agree. There's, You're saying it's all Kenny's fault. Kenny certainly deserves his fair share of blame. The players deserve their fair share of blame. Again, if you're two and sixteen, everyone deserves their fair share of blame. Not me. Is it a roster that's NCAA tournament good? No. But look, this show was trying to tell you that a long time ago. Is it a roster that should be flirting with going zero and twenty one in the ACC? Absolutely not. And I I don't think that that's a hot take. Texas says shot clock violations are an important part of Kenny's offense. <laughs> Texas says Mike, you did guarantee that Scott would make it weird, and you nailed that one. Yeah, the, did, yeah. the Rutherford guarantees on this side of the show have been pretty spot on. Are you just trying to like? Are, 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 I, I'm like one for one, one for two. No, you're not. You're zero for two. No, I got bomb right. Remember, you admitted that. You that was not me. a guarantee. Guaranteed to. We you gonna... guaranteed to win over Kentucky in football the first year we did the show, and then you guaranteed to win over North Carolina on Saturday. I feel like I got a guarantee right somewhere. I don't think you did. Texas says stalling's greater than sign pain. I hope not. <laughs> Texas says the Mickey Mouse voice was peak Big X Radio. You're welcome. Texas says perhaps that business was trying to sponsor the Bone Zone. <laughs> what was that company called? Ultimate Erections or yes, whatever it was. Erections, erections. It's a local for, company. Right, erections for us or something. It's something like that. Yeah, we we need them to get, to get back in the fold. Texas, Alabama, my, I can't read that. Come on, man. I can't. I'm sure. I, I can, can only, I can only you, picture where that text is You know going. where it's going. Yeah. Texas, breaking news. Just saw DJ Wagner change his mind and flips to Louisville while scrolling on ESPN. We did it. <laughs> yeah. We did it, guys. Told you. Texas says, uh, who is Teague's handler that we hired? It was actually Shabaka Lands, who, again, is somehow related to Kamari Lands, and nobody can figure out how. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I was like Greer, get on this, and he's like, we both like, went deep into his tweets. He tweets about Kamari a lot, what? but we've got no idea if it's like an uncle or a cousin or his dad. We've got we have no idea. Which one bothered you more, losing Teague to UK or losing Trey Lyles to UK? Probably because they were both like quote air quote locks for Louisville, and Kentucky wasn't even bothering to watch them, let alone recruit them. Well, and- Lyles the whole time it was like. I never thought he was a lock. People said he was going to go to Louisville if UK didn't offer him, which was I'm I had the very first time I ever like like talked with Tom Jurich. He because I knew his son for a long time and he's like you need to meet my dad like this is when I was it was right after that they had had the visit with Trey Lyles and he was like I can tell you one thing he's like if if he goes somewhere else other than here it's not because of anything that we did because he had the best visit possible his dad was in heaven his dad kept telling us how much he loved everything that we were saying, how much he loved Rick and the opportunity to play for Rick. And it was like a week later that he committed to UK. I was like, well. But I think Teague probably just because I knew we'd put so much effort and it was still early on in the, you know, there was still hope at that time that Rick could out-recruit Cal for some of these guys. And that was the moment where it was like, okay, if Cal wants him, he's probably going to get him. Especially when Cal was like, I've never even watched him play. Exactly, yeah. It was, he was... Throwing middle fingers up at all of us. Yeah, pretty much. So it was th- that one. That one hurt me because we'd heard about Marcus Teague for like five years too. We'd heard about like, like Rick loved him from when he was like fourteen years old on, and then at the last second, Cal's like, "We want him," and he was like, "I'm going." Is there anybody else that would be in that, in that class, or those are the only two you can think of where that would they could be comparable? Like that we lost to UK, we, like yeah, or to pretty, anybody. Well, UK in general, but maybe anybody, I guess. But that we had locked up. They were like, you know, I think this guy's a given. This guy. Like I've I've never really felt that way about anybody because I know how recruiting can be. Sure, I got burned early on. I remember the Derby Classic. I was on the court. I got to go on the court. You remember Lamont Barnes? Yeah, I went to South Carolina, right? I played Temple. 
Oh, never went mind. to Temple. No, uh, it's, uh, he played it. He's from Highlands. Him and his uh, he had a, another kid that uh, played at Tennessee that was teammates with him. But anyway, we gotta make Yarbrough. Short quicker. Okay, so I, I go up behind him. I remember I'm a kid at this time. I'm probably you know early teens. He's you know looks like a grown man. And I just remember thinking like, I was excited. Louisville was recruiting him, and I walk up behind him. He didn't see me, and he's talking to his buddy. He goes, "Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm teasing around Louisville, but Temple's my place. I'm already I'm basically already signed. You I'm scooped. Just, yeah, and I'm just like I just remember walking by and like, can't trust this. Son of a you can't trust anybody. You can't trust these recruits. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe, like, you know, I don't trust women because of Kelly and Jeff. Lamont Barnes gave you Lamont trust Barnes issues. Lamont Barnes gave me trust issues with recruits. Yeah, I believe Gave me. you trust issues. So. Uh, Texas says, here's what's really going down. We've officially won the Tankathon this year so we can get Victor Wimbanyama. <laughs> Kenny does know this isn't the pros, right? I hope so. <laughs> Texas says, I'll probably be watching the game with my ears and listening with my eyes. Does it make sense? Not really, but it's about as productive as this basketball team. Watch with whatever you got to watch with. That's something you said, right? Or something I said, I think, at one time. I was talking about the ears and the eyes when yeah. I was like, you know, listen to the radio. Texas, I told my work buddy who is overly confident that this team can turn it around to a degree that I will be an Eagles fan if this team wins five in a row at any point. Five in a row at any point? Eagles like build up Eagles? I guess. I mean, I, you should come on board in regardless. The time for the turn it around rhetoric, of, is, if we're talking about this season, has is, is come and gone. Yeah. Like, we're looking big yeah. picture. Turning around is winning, like, one game at this point. Turning around is beating EMU in win totals. Texas, I think Kenny will be better when he starts getting his zero stars in here. Okay. <laughs> We've already got a couple of those. Well, we're going after more, apparently. Texas, now that DJ to Louisville is done, Trevor needs to fix his salad debacle. Uncle Leo eyebrows is the only way. Well, if the Giants win this weekend, no eyebrows. I would say. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll come in here with the, my clippers, and we can do it right here on, on the show. All right, let's talk uh, tonight's game again. Cards taking on Pitt. It's a team that we have historically owned. They beat us in the, the most recent game last year. We split. Doesn't matter, anyway. It doesn't. I mean, yeah, we've historically owned a lot of teams in the yeah, 80s. We, we historically <laughs> owned Bellarmine, and we, that didn't go great and for us. We're historically bad now. <laughs> we are historically bad. Pitt is a uh, 9.5 point favorite at last check. Ken Palm has Pitt winning this game 77 to 65. I mentioned. It's a good rebounding team. It's a good three-point shooting team. We don't rebound well. We don't defend the three well. They are a guard-heavy team. We've got one. They're <laughs> they're light inside. Our big guys haven't played big enough this we year. Got tons. <laughs> We've got a lot. They just have not played big. Would love to see Sidney Curry have a gigantic game tonight, but we've been saying that since November. Um, last year. Having said all that, like Pitt, they're not that explosive when it comes to just pure athleticism the Sabane kid off the bench is but a couple of the other guys they're just it's a kind of reminds you of an old school pit team where they just sort of do everything well they've got brawny guys that are big and physical they want to punk you a little bit but they're not just going to blow right around you so and it's a game that theoretically Louisville could hang in there because they're not just going to get out athleted out pure talented but Pitt seems to be more cohesive they definitely have better players um, and they do things well that Louisville does not defend well. They're not, well. not going to be a Sam Young with that tippy-toe pump fake, are they? No, I don't think that's going to happen. All but right. Burton's really good. Blake Henson's really good. They've got experience. They're not going to, to to wilt. I mean, if Louisville comes out and does the thing again where they smack somebody in the mouth early on, they're going to do what these other teams have done, like Clemson, like North Carolina, and smack right back. And then Louisville, unfortunately, has kind of wilted in those games. I can see that happening tonight. I can see Louisville playing with them early on, Pitt eventually having the run, the new thing, the run. <laughs> And then winning by, I'm going to say Pitt wins by 10 tonight. Just didn't pick covers. Pick covers. Give me 80 to 70. I don't know if it's a residue of 
of the Homer Trevor from the North Carolina predictions. There's still a little bit left of him left over. I think there's a little bit left in the in the in the in the carton. Shake it up a little bit. Maybe add some water to You it. have to let it linger, cranberries. <laughs> yeah. That is true. Um that said, Louisville has a nice open. <sighs> Louisville gets caught in the run in the second half this time, leading at halftime. Okay. And Louisville fails. Just, just can't get over that hump still at the bottom in the end. Pittsburgh wins by six. Okay. Hey, they would have battled. I think Louisville they has Louisville's within one possession under a minute. They're fighting, Trevor. They're still fighting. They're fight. They're gonna fight. They're gonna fight for God's sake. Yes, they're gonna fight. They're gonna grab. They're gonna scratch. They're gonna crawl. They're gonna. They're gonna bite. They're gonna spit. Okay. They're gonna chew. Okay. Well, maybe not all those things. Cards take it on the Panthers. Reminder, you can listen to all the action on 970 WGTK. Flip it over now as we go off the air. you got Paul Rogers in the pregame show. Go Cards. Beat Pitt. Even if it doesn't happen, we'll see you guys tomorrow at 3. Have a fantastic Wednesday night. Just remember. Yeah,